welcome in. It is episode number 24 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster with you. It's our big SummerSlam preview edition of the show. Of course, Aaron covers WWE for the Baltimore Sun and for Rolling Stone. I enjoy eating junk food and watching professional wrestling, which also makes me an expert. We've got a lot to do this week. Um, Bubba Ray Dudley is going to join us. Uh, pull back the curtain on this because we haven't had to do this yet. This is the first time we were put in this position where we had to do it this way. Aaron was not able to join me for the Bubba Ray Dudley interview. We had to do it a little bit earlier in the week. Aaron was like, I got a job. I got things. And I said, screw you. Bubba Ray Dudley's more important. And I stand by that. I, 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 I agree with you for the most part. Mm-hmm. In, in, in any other circumstance, you would be absolutely correct. No, Just, I, I, did, I mean, I am absolutely correct. You don't have to, <laughs> to qualify it. But you still went to work. I did. And I did. so I had to record the Bubba Ray Dudley interview by myself. He was great, and um, you guys will be able to enjoy that a little bit later on in the show. And he will be appearing Friday night. So that's the 21st. Hopefully you listen to this early. <laughs> Friday night, the 21st, at uh, Prince George's County Stadium for the Bowie Bay Sox for Legends of Wrestling Night with... His brother, Devon. Both of them will be there. The um, Dudley Boys. The Dudley Boys. Yes, perhaps you've heard of them. Yes. They've had some success together. Team, team 3D. Yes. Whatever you want to call them. So we will uh, we'll talk to Bubba Ray a little bit later on in today's show. Also in uh, this week's show, A.J. Francis, our long-lost third co-host, which I would prefer him to stay long-lost, but that's okay. We're, we're giving him at least a little bit. We don't know exactly what he's going to end up doing, how much time he's going yeah, to have Yeah, we're hoping. Us. First of all, we're hoping he's going to join us. Yes, we're hoping he's going to join us. He is in. He's practicing with the Dolphins. He's in Charlotte right now for one of those joint practices. I thought they were doing that in South Carolina somewhere. Oh, is that where I is? think that's where the, Car- the Panthers train okay, is, well, somewhere in South Carolina. I know it's, it's wherever the Panthers. Wherever the Panthers train, he's yes. with them there. Yes. And so his schedule's basically completely up and, in the And air. again, this is a priority thing. He's like, I've got work. Yeah. And I said, uh, we've, no. got, we've got SummerSlam. You, you, are, you are a co-host. Even well, he claims himself to be the, the main, main event. event. Yeah, you're not going to see Brock Lesnar no-show SummerSlam because he has <laughs> some other work. <laughs> there was a threat he was going to no-show WrestleMania. <laughs> that, is, that is true. Um, all right, so AJ Francis is supposed to join us. We're hoping that happens a little bit later on in the show. Uh, let's get some uh, homework out of the way first. We have a Twitter account. We do have a Twitter Finally. account. We're still working on getting it to where it needs to be, but it exists. You can follow us on Twitter at Jobbing Out Show. Yes. Um, encourage you to do that. We will be doing more with the Twitter account in the future. I, I, I will say this. There are potentially some announcements regarding the show coming up. All and right. the first place that you will be able to see those announcements, which may have something to do with our fans – is on Twitter. So follow the show and... I don't know that I'm comfortable saying fans. I would say listeners. Listeners, subscribers, yeah. whoever you are who happen to be listening to us. So, in other words, Brandon and Parkville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, for all no, of you guys. Yes. I'll, I'll, Brandon's just the best. I gotta tell you. Well, look, Brian set up our uh, Twitter account. Um, we've got good listeners. How, how he gave us our graphics. How he did give us... And we've been giving away his art. Boy... But I still think that Brandon is the most grassroots of all of them. I, I don't like ranking our listeners. All right. I, I, I don't think that's a fair thing to do. Fair enough. All right. Well, for the three of you that are interested, <laughs> no, I pre- appreciate everybody and all the hard work that you've done in getting the word out about the show. Um, also, we've been giving away these Howie Knoll prints, and we're just not – we're terrible at doing these giveaways. Yeah. Let's just call it like it is. We're not very good at doing giveaways. For example, I still haven't gotten Chad LaMassa. He was the winner. I still haven't even coordinated how he's going to pick up the the. Look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's what it is. I'll get it figured out. 
it's football season, man. Things are tough around here. Yeah. So we're going to extend last week's giveaway. Much like we did for the first one, we're going to extend it a second week. Yep. Last week we gave away an A.J. Lee gorgeous color 8x10 yep. print from Howie Knoll, who is a brilliant artist. And uh, and not just a brilliant artist, but a brilliant artist who is featured on, on Raw this that's week. That's a great point. His artwork for the Stephen Amell. What are, are they coming up with a, a title for this match? Is there like an Arrows versus... I mean, they, they've... They, I don't what, think they what did, say, I would say what did Wade Barrett, heroes versus villains. But what, what did Wade Barrett say the other night at the end of the promo? He said like he the, was the cosmic king. That's like, all he said. So like the cosmic kings maybe is what. Yeah, I, I mean heroes versus villains, whatever you want to say. Right. The, the awesome some, comic book. He did some great art for that match, and it got featured on uh, Raw the other night, which was really really cool. It's been up on the WWE's website this week. Uh, How is a professional illustrator and caricaturist? He offers custom one of a kind caricature portraits in black and white and full color, as well as Walking Dead sketch covers. Howie also has a wide selection of limited edition pop culture art prints available. Ordering is easy at his website, hcnoll.com. The AJ Lee print we're extending for one week. Aaron, uh, we're just going to make this simple. Email us or tweet us. Email us at jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Or tweet at us at jobbingoutshow. Anything. Yes. Contact us. Yeah, just say. If, if you have a question, uh, again, even we, better. It's a good point, because we get emails sometimes from people that are unrelated to the prize. If you want the A.J. Lee print, just email and say, or tweet and say, I'd like the A.J. Lee print. Yeah, That's all. It, yes. And if you want to include a question for us to answer at some point, great. Awesome. We'd love that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, just mention you want the print. All right. Very cool. good. Now, all that out of the way, this week's show brought to you by WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate.com. It's the best product in the world if you're a wrestling fan. I have no idea why you aren't subscribing. Uh, it's just $15 a month to start, yep. and you can get a 10% discount by using the code JOSENTME. So, like, get on it. For, I don't know what else to say. I feel like I'm just sort of... We, we've been extolling the virtues of WrestleCrate for months now. I feel kind of dumb even continuing to... Like, they, they, I still have to get you but to they're, sign up they're, for WrestleCrate. The, the, well, that's just, you know... It shows to our listeners that you need to get on it because there are people who don't have it. Somehow, they're, you're listening to us and you don't have it. Get on it. Yeah, get on that for yeah. sure. Um, all right, now, it is our Summer Sam Preview Edition. We will preview the matches in our second segment. In our first segment, our main event, we want to talk a little bit more about the overall build to SummerSlam. And I wanted to put it into this context. We have talked on a number of occasions that – it appears as though the WWE is trying to turn SummerSlam into a summer WrestleMania. That it's never going to be as big. WrestleMania no. will always be the biggest event of the year. Of course. But it becomes a summer destination. Yes. And my question is, have they accomplished that days ahead of SummerSlam? All right. I, I will take this in two parts. The first part is that as far as getting mainstream attention – on the WWE in more more than any other pay-per-view has done in recent memory besides WrestleMania in a non-WrestleMania yes i would say they they have we've talked or we we talked off the air about ESPN is doing a lot with uh, SummerSlam this year they are going to have sports center on sunday at SummerSlam they've had Brock Lesnar doing the car wash they've had several uh they they've had several other wrestlers doing stuff with the various radio shows, even if they weren't necessarily in the studios. Obviously, Stephen Amell, John Stewart, both coming in and get bring some mainstream attention to the WWE that way. 
So as far as getting the mainstream appeal, getting making it feel bigger as far as the bigger picture goes, yeah, I, I think that they succeeded at least in that way. Yeah, it's, it's hard to disagree with that, that people are talking about it. Um, again, timing works out, right? That football season hasn't actually started yet. The real games aren't being played. So our, our sort of national attention hasn't shifted as of right now. Right. Once you get into football, this is why they could never do this at the Royal Rumble. You could right. you could have the Undertaker fight Hulk Hogan, at, yeah, the current Hulk Hogan, right. at the Royal Rumble this year, and no one would give an S outside of wrestling fans because, um, you know, it, it's just sort of the way that it is. It's, it's football season. That's what we care about during football season. Um, I would agree with you that they have accomplished what they wanted to accomplish in getting some attention. I would sort of compare it to WrestleMania, and I don't know how good the build itself has been. It's been a little bit jumpy because of you've had guys missing. Yeah. Because one week you have Brock Lesnar, one week you have The Undertaker, one week you Cena's have... Cena's out. And yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you've had to deal with a lot of that, and so I think it's been a bit of a jumpy build. I don't think it's been a poor build. I think, for the most part, you have good... If not, even if they're frustrating storylines, like I'm very frustrated by the Seth Rollins, John Cena storyline because I'm just, I've got John Cena fatigue. But it doesn't mean that I think it's been a poor build to the match. I think they've done a pretty good job of telling a story. I think that it's compelling enough. I'm a little bit surprised by how much they've downplayed the 16 title thing. Like but that just finally kind of came out a little bit this week. Um, I would have thought that would have been a much bigger focus of the build to this, if you're going to put John Cena in a title match at SummerSlam, matching Ric Flair, I would think would need to be a bigger deal. Uh, and it wasn't, frankly. But I think for the most part, they've done a, the matches are compelling. I feel as though I want to watch them. I, I think they've done a pretty good job with that. Yeah, I mean, the stories, I thought that this past Raw, uh, I haven't seen the ratings yet, so I'm not sure how it did as far as ratings, but I think it did a really good job of uh, putting everything together, making all those video packages for all the matches, making sure the casual fans, if there were fans who were tuning in because of Amel or because of Jon Stewart, they were able to get in and, and understand what was happening. If they were going to watch SummerSlam, they could also, of course, put that on YouTube, and the fans can always get into it and figure out exactly what's going on. I think they've done a really good job, for the most part, of at least making some sort of stories for each of the matches. The stories may not be that great, the picture, but they do make it feel like, okay, most of these matches, again, most of these matches do feel like they mean something. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, obviously the title matches mean something, uh, you know, uh, Cesaro, Owens feels like it, it feels like, okay, whoever wins this is going to take the next step forward. I think forward. the big thing, and again, in comparison to WrestleMania is it doesn't feel like there's anything that's terribly missing, right? That we're not maybe super excited about every match on the card. But it's not like we feel like this exists in place of what we really want, yeah. which was the problem they had going into WrestleMania because they didn't have Daniel Bryan in the main event, because they weren't giving us the shield, you know, triple threat. They, that they, it, they put some of their feuds into the Battle Royal, like Stardust, Correct, like some of the stuff that we really wanted at WrestleMania we didn't get. At SummerSlam, we're getting, you know, anything we might have wanted. Like some people want Lesnar, um, Undertaker, because, hey, there is the rematch. Right. And you know, they're Undertaker fans, and they hate the fact that Undertaker lost the streak to Brock Lesnar. You're getting a little, a little bit of things that you want, and more than anything, you're not missing anything. There's nothing that they didn't do at SummerSlam that you say, oh, this is what you needed to do, and this is how badly you screwed it up. 
And I and I'm not saying like that comes off as a backhanded compliment, but I do think that matters because I yeah. think it did leave a bad taste in our mouth at WrestleMania. You and I going into WrestleMania were very down on the build to WrestleMania. Yes. I'm not nearly as down no. on this. I, I think that given their constraints, knowing that this is where they were heading for all of this, I think they did about as good a job as they could for most of the matches. Now, do I necessarily love the fact that they were having you know, Big Show, Ryback, and Miz in a triple threat match? No, I, I don't love it, but I, I see how they got to this point. And, and there is a logical story to get to this point. This isn't them Correct. just putting stuff out there. You know, even the tag, you complained a lot about the, the fact that it's a four-way match, but it makes sense giving, given well, the storyline that we've been again, given. And again, it's not like we're not getting primetime players in New Day. Right. I, I don't like that we're getting it with all four teams, but it, it's not like that part is missing. It's not like they're having the primetime players face Stephen Amell and Neville um, that would be terrible, right? Like, we would be completely up in arms about that. There, it's All of it is fairly logical. Yeah, they should probably remove the other two tag teams. But, the more I think about that, I, I'm bothered by it again. But again, it, it, under the storyline that we were given, it I, makes yeah, sense. Now, now, you can quibble whether they should have put in that storyline, but again, there there are reasons for you. everything that's happening. And, and, and again, the, the Divas match doesn't really make sense either, but they they've, the storyline they've right. presented... It There's, still doesn't make sense, but whatever. It, well, no. It makes as much sense as they've ever done with the Divas in the past ten years. Well, they've tried to make it seem like these teams matter, and so if these teams matter, then right. this is a logical yeah, if, conclusion. If, if, if you buy into the fact the that problem the is you can't really buy into the fact that teams matter because they don't, but they want you to believe that they right. do. So okay, and again, yeah. all of this is very backhanded. Anyway, but uh, but but I think the big thing is that. You know, uh, they've built the card, I think, in a really – and you kind of touched on this. They built the card in a really smart way where s- there's something for everybody in it. You have, you know, you have the, the, the nostalgia kind of the old also thing with it with Taker Brock, and right. you also have, have kind of that – you have the, you know, two two of the top guys in the company going at it in Rollins and Cena. That's a match, obviously, people want to see. For the casual fans, you have, like, the Dolph Rusev where that's very storyline-driven, and, uh, you know, they might enjoy that, and obviously – the, you have something for the people who are maybe tuning in for the first time in a while for Amel or for St- Stewart. For the hardcore fans, of course, you have Owens, you have Cesaro. I think you have something for just about everybody, which is something that a pay-per-view well, should always strive for. And that's what they wanted. For. That's the comparison to WrestleMania. Right. That it's less about what we're trying to accomplish with our characters and more about trying to get people to be interested in this one. You might only be as interested in SummerSlam, but we want you to be interested in SummerSlam. We don't know that it'll make you come back for... I don't even – God knows what the next pay-per-view is. I don't even know what it is. What, uh, what, what's September? It was – is it still Night of Champions? It was Night Ugh. of Champions Ugh. at one point. Yeah, I'll pass on that. But, um, yeah, no. Night of Champions, Hell in a Cell, then uh, Survivor Series is what it – Okay. And then what's December? TLC. Oh, right. Yeah. Jesus, it's hard to keep up with all this. I know. Um, but – We're supposed to be the experts. No. Well, well you are. I, I'm the guy you're, that you're, uh, you're, eats you're, junk you're food. Right. Fun. We already established Um that. But – I think it's, and I think the other thing that they've done really well is build it as a destination weekend. It's something we haven't really talked yeah. about a lot. SummerSlam in the past, yeah, they've done the panels every now right. and then. They've done the access. Well, they did access. They, they did, but they never really made it feel like a true destination Well, but it's weekend. part of the reason, again, there's two things that come with that. One being that they're, they've done, the NXT thing changes so, is everything. Yes. Now they have an and, additional and, and show. And that's a big, and that's a big part Where of it. Where is Raw on Monday night, by the way? Everything. It's three nights in a row in at, Barclays Center. At Barclays Center. Center, okay. And they sold out all three nights, which is, they said, stunning. Is, uh, what? It's it's, it's a little stunning for NXT that yeah, they sold it out. Right. But I think that they had they done SummerSlam in a stadium, they could have sold more tickets. 
So I think there's a lot of people that would have been interested in going to SummerSlam that now are trying to get in on being there for SummerSlam weekend. Right. And I think they've made that work. Um, also, it has a lot to do with New York. It does. Oh, it and does. it's not taking anything away from L.A. as a market. L.A. was a great market, but California naturally is a more um, laid-back... You want to go to the beach. You don't want to spend a bunch co- of time correct. doing wrestling Correct, whereas New stuff. York is way more a wrestling market. Yes, it's and, and that's fine. I have no problem. If, if they want to have SummerSlam... Be SummerSlam always in New York because we want to make this a wrestling weekend for wrestling fans. I am all for that. Yeah, I mean they they want Hollywood. They want you know things that matter. And I think they could do this in L.A. <sighs> I, I think it would be. I don't think it would be as easy as it is in, in New, New York, York. Right. But I think they could do it in L.A. And I think they you know I think they could do it in Chicago, for instance. I don't know that they would have a hard time if they continue to try to make SummerSlam matter. I don't know that it'd be impossible to do it in a lot of markets. No. Um. I, I again, let's just envision it was in uh, DC, right? Let's right. just envision that scenario. That's because SummerSlam has been in DC before. Yes. Um, terrible main event, but I I remember being there yes. for SummerSlam in DC. So let's just envision that they did SummerSlam in DC. Where would they do NXT the night before? Would they be able to pull that off at the Verizon Center? I mean, they would have to. It doesn't. The problem with DC, and and I've I've had this question asked a lot of me about for NXT is that could they ever have it in the DC Baltimore area? And the answer, quite frankly, is based on what they've done in the past. The answer is no, because there aren't a lot. There is the big arenas. There is the Verizon Center. There is uh, the Baltimore Arena, Arena, Royal Farms Arena. There's Xfinity in College Park. There's the Patriot Center. College Park can't do uh, wrestling. Well, they've actually changed the floor, so they might be – they're working on that. Okay. They're, they are making Xfinity more of a multi-purpose. But okay. again, why would they do it at Xfinity when they could do it at? Well, I, I hear you, except for it's a, it's a way, it's a way to go somewhere else. It's. Right. There, there's always some advantage. But, but of, my point is, these are, every arena we're talking about is a 12,000 plus seat arena. Well, but the Patriot Center isn't. Patriot Center is a ten thousand. Is it only? T- I thought it was it's pretty twelve short. to fifteen. We we might have to look. Maybe at you're right. Maybe but you're again, right. Well, oh, for wrestling in particular, because you could put people. on Yeah. The but uh, I, I feel like it's a little bit bigger. Either way, it's, it's a lot bigger than the shows. Well, that what they, you're saying is they've been doing in 5,000-seat arenas. Right. And, Six, so that and, now, and Triple H, even in his uh, – he, he just did his, his uh, quarterly call with, uh, with the media about NXT. And he said he thought he really – at first, he was playing on curtaining off most of Barclays Center. He was capping it at 6,000. By the way, uh, the Patriot Center is 10,000 seats. Okay. But, Given that you can put people on the floor, the, right? The maybe wouldn't. a little, maybe a little more. Although but, I guess you would have to take away some seats for the stage. Whatever, it's probably about. Yeah, you w- probably wouldn't. Depending on how you do, whether it would be it'd a be, takeover. It'd be or tough, not. right? Anyway, but, my 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 and, point would be there are arenas that exist. Uh, Towson University has a great uh, arena that you could do it in now. They moved into their new arena. It would be a phenomenal. If, if they're if they can run if they wrestling, can, right? And I don't know yeah, that. And, and that's that's never, the thing. Like I've the, never um, the, the Smith Center would be an interesting. That's at George Washington University. And, and or, or in Annapolis at the um, at the Navy's basketball arena. Again, if, if they can and do again, it. I don't know if those are right. And that's do. the problem. But that's been always the problem with this area is that we have the really big arenas, and then we're working at like the Duburns Arena, you know, at the indoor soccer place. Right, I hear you. There are very few of those in between places. Now, could they do SummerSlam and? And because it's SummerSlam and you're expecting lots of people to fly, just like you're doing with Main Inn, you expect them to possibly be able to fill a 10,000-seater in? Sure, you could do it then. But in general, I, I feel right, like – Right, right. Okay, so that's yeah. what I'm talking about. If you did SummerSlam weekend, could you do um, you know, a, a SummerSlam itself at the Verizon Center, do Raw the next night in Baltimore, and do the NXT on Saturday night in Virginia, in, in Fairfax, something like that? 
and make it work that way. It's more desirable for the WWE to do it the way they're doing it because then you don't have to set anything up and, and tear it down. Well, and, and, and the other thing is – uh, I think that they like the idea of, okay, we're going to have people f- coming from all over. Coming. The problem with the Virginia, D.C., Baltimore thing is that you have a lot of traveling for those people. To yeah, know. I mean, you have to rent a car. You I have mean, to rent like, a you, car. You couldn't try to get around via public transportation for right, all of that. Exactly. I understand that. So, so, so I, I think that, now, if you change it to Verizon, Verizon, Verizon. Yeah, I think that's a lot to ask of this, of D.C., just yet, I think now I agree, saying, which is which is which is what I'm saying is that you have to pick your battle. You have right. to pick New York. LA, I would feel Chicago. more confident about Philadelphia for that. I think you could pull that off in Philadelphia on three straight nights. I genuinely believe that you could pull that off. The other argument I would have is, and this is the one disappointing thing about NXT. I've always said before that one of the things that we miss about pay per views is that like the sets don't change any longer, right? Like I miss the sets. I right. do. Um, I kind of wish that they would take a chance with NXT. And they would have planned to do that outdoors, or they would have planned to do it somewhere. There'd be attention paid to it beyond just this is the NXT and event. I, I think that they are going to plan it out more in the future. I think that this was and this was very much a kind of a last minute thing. They okay. we, we heard about it what in June that they were going to early even July, right early it might have even been early July. I can't remember when it was. Then all of a sudden tickets go on sale and sell. You know it it go, goes so quickly. That um, I, I think it, it took off on them a little bit. All companies get out of the business of hosting events at non-traditional uh, locations because it's just too much work. That they can make the same amount of money at a venue that's re- that's set to host wrestling, they can doing it there. But it's a short-sighted thing that I think you can get more eyeballs if you said on Saturday night we're going to have NXT Takeover in Central Park. We're going to set up a ring in the middle of Central Park. And we are going to do what we do for WrestleMania. We're going to put a canopy over the ring so that even if there's bad weather, we can still hold the event. Now, it might not look as good on TV, Yeah, I was going to say, TV, consider it. If, but if they you... run this risk with WrestleMania every year. They're willing to take this risk. It would not – if it's pouring down rain in, in New York the weekend of WrestleMania, I mean, that would, I mean, it would be, you know, uh, uh, I can't even think of a good name for it right now. But, you know, something in the park. But, uh, right? Yeah, like, right. you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, take down in the park, whatever you call yeah. it. I feel like you would get a level of attention for that, and it's the type of risk you take with NXT. You don't take that right. risk with your pay-per-views because you don't have to. You have the attention on them. But how much – you're already in New York. I, I feel like that but would be – You can't make money off. Well, I mean – What do you mean? I mean, I got, are you saying like section off a huge part of Central Park? Dude, they do this for concerts all the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There'd be no problem right, right, right. with that. You, right, you go right. get a permit from the city, yep. and you're able to yep. sell tickets. I mean, the, it, Garth it Brooks cool. put a million people it, in Central yes, Park I, once. I agree. They should. Uh, I just think that that's a risk worth taking if you're going to continue to do these types of I things. Think, yeah, and I, I think that this, in a lot of ways, was a test to figure out. Okay, is there that big mass appeal for? Uh, they're they're trying to figure out now. And uh, actually, I did an interview with uh, Finn Balor that's in Rolling Stone okay. right now. And he was talking about, and it's something that we've talked about in the past, that NXT is not what people think of NXT. It's not supposed to be a minor league anymore. Yeah, it's, it's supposed it's to be. It's a separate brand. And right. I think that the next few months, including this event right here, is trying to spread out and figure out, okay, what can we do with NXT? What's going to draw people? Because, again, it's still a business, so you can't just say, okay, we're going to – not sell tickets right. to, to this thing in Central Park. What can we draw people to – what can we get people to buy tickets for? 
what can we do, what looks good, what helps the growth of NXT as much as anything. And I agree with you that this, that would be a great idea. I just think this is but the place where you a, take – This is a feeling out I hear you. Phase. I think this yeah. is moving forward. This is where you take risks. And I don't think it always has to be outdoors. I just thinking, what if you did the Royal Rumble and uh, the word is that they're going to have a future um, WrestleMania in Minnesota. That's the word, right? Yep. Like that, the new Viking Stadium. Good Mall of America. Logical. Mall of America or even the, the old basketball barn that the University of Minnesota oh, plays yeah. at. Yep. That it's a neat place that people all of a sudden say, oh, I know that place. Yeah. I'm going to tune in because that's a neat concept. What if you did uh, WrestleMania at the stadium in Indianapolis and you had uh, NXT play the Butler Arena? Yeah. Like, how cool would that, that be? That'd be awesome. It'd be, a, you know, Hinkle Fieldhouse right. hosts NXT. And, and that's something, honestly, that you don't even have to do at a major paper. For something right, like you Hinkle could do, that's yeah. smaller, you do that because, like, they're doing um, – well, I guess it is Night of Champions in September, and they're having NXT run that weekend as well. So where is Night of Champions? Do you know? It's uh, in Houston, right? Yeah, Houston. It's in Houston. Do you know where they're doing the NXT event? I think they might be doing it in San Antonio because Ring of Honor is running San Antonio oh, that really? weekend. Oh, really? Okay. Well, now they're trying to, you know, get yeah, they, the big they, middle, they're, they're doing middle that. Finger, right? They're doing that as well. But, but I feel like there's a way to do these things yeah. that you can take a risk. And it doesn't always have to be outdoors. It doesn't have to be going to the beach. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot of ways that you can pull something like this off and make it a, a risk worth taking. Make it something that looks cool and gets people interested um, when they might not otherwise be. That you say, look, I didn't. I, I, we the hockey thing is the the perfect example of this, right? That they the NHL created this monster by doing this Winter Classic and mm-hmm. putting a hockey game in a non traditional venue. Yep. I'm not suggesting WWE needs to do the same thing. Now, they already do it once a year by putting it in the stadium. Correct. They already one time a year do a non-traditional venue. Yep. I'm saying with this smaller company that they're trying to create, this sort of offshoot of the WWE that is NXT, I think that's a place where it's worth taking yes. risks. I agree. And I think just doing it at the same place or just another you know, building in the same city or something like that, I would like you to consider the possibility of – just being a little bit riskier, doing yep. something that maybe you could get away with with you and, because and, it's and NXT. You know what? I wonder if uh, Ring of Honor hadn't already booked the Brooklyn Cyclones if WWE might maybe have considers tried to it. Do well, didn't they do like a, a, a charity softball game at yeah. the same stadium yeah. that Ring of Honor is doing their event at yes. this weekend? Yeah. So they did have something, you know, in partnership with them. Right. So I, I wonder if maybe or that do was it on the... on Coney Island. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, why not set up in the middle of like in that square where they do the hot dog right. eating competition? Exactly. And I get it, you know, you gotta make, it's tough because the moment you go somewhere that isn't a traditional building, it's going to require more work, more money, more right. effort, things, but I think the ultimate payoff is greater than just yeah. we hosted the NXT event on a Saturday night. Fit. I think you get more conversation about it, yeah. more eyeballs, things along those lines because you're willing to take a risk. Yeah, I mean, the, why would it, what, one of the big reasons people were talking so much about Japan was because it was in the sumo hall. It was very, very different. It was a different look. It was a different feel. And they should be doing that. Finn Balor said in my interview, he said, my hope, and I think this will happen, that in 10 years from now, we're looking back on NXT the same way we look back at uh, ECW. I mean, as, as a true, uh, a true separate thing. A right. true, a, a, its own entity. It's uh, not just its own entity, but a, a revolutionary thing in wrestling. And that would be a way to do that. Um, alright. Are we good? Are we, we, uh, I, I guess, yeah, we kind of went we ever answered the question yeah. that we had, which uh, is, yeah. have they accomplished this? To go full I've, circle, yes, I think they've done a yeah. good job of building it as, it's not mania, and it shouldn't be mania, right. because mania is mania and nothing will top it, but it does feel like a mini-mania. It, it feels important. It yeah. feels like it matters, and it's at the right time, no doubt. All right, we will grab a break here. 
Uh, when we come back in, ugh, we gotta do this, don't we? I don't want to. Can we? Is there any chance that he might get called back into practice before we have to? I guess it's always possible. Let's all cross our fingers that that's the case. AJ Francis, our long lost third co-host. Yeah, technically it's his show too. Technically. Uh, he's with the Miami Dolphins. He's a former Terp and, uh, he comes on with us to preview all the pay-per-views and we will do that next. This is Jobbing Out. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing cause there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, and Annapolis. Wrestling fans, it's time for WrestleCrate. WrestleCrate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a T-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those T-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Segment number two, it is jobbing out Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and yes, he's back. The main event. Yeah, god damn it. Are you really echo? Are you giving yourself an echo? And and, and you know what? He really is the main event. He comes just like SummerSlam. Guys come, they leave for a while. That's a good point. We won't see him for a little while, will we? We're not going to see him for a while, just like we probably won't see Brock Lesnar and Taker for a while. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And that is ever more the proof that you need, that I am all you need to hear on this show. <laughs> he is Miami Dolphins defensive lineman, former University of Maryland Terrapin, and would rather be a professional wrestler right now, A.J. Francis. And he joins us once again here on Jobbing Out. Uh, how's training camp, pal? It's uh, miserable because training camp sucks, and it always has <laughs> and it always will. But, you know, I'm playing well, and... um 
um, doing a lot of good things, and I had a big game for Chicago, and had a big game coming up this week after having joint practices all week with Carolina, so it's a good time. You uh, you got in any fights? What'd you say? Did you get into a fight yet? Oh, yeah, we got in a fight yesterday with the Panthers, you know. We did that literally yesterday. We was It was a O-line, D-line fight, and uh, <laughs> when, when we got into it, I'm surprised it didn't go on sports things. Really? Well, all, all yeah. the NFL coaches are now complaining about it that it's not all that that Sports Center is showing too many fights. Sean Payton's been going oh, on and on it. about that. Is he... What is what are, the, what are the rules to a fight? All right, this is what I want to know. When when a fight breaks out at a joint practice, okay, are you supposed to pretend like you want to break it up, or is uh, no? It's a ball. Okay. If if you if you like if you are within eye shot of me and I see you hitting one of my teammates, we I'm, I am then now a part of the fight, and that's just how it has to go. Okay, so whose job is it to ultimately break it up? After it's gone on for a while, guys start breaking it up, but I mean coaches come over and break it up. Okay, and does uh, it ever dissipate? I mean, at is the it... end of the day, at the end of the day, like when we got in the fight, it was Lyman versus Lyman, so these are three hundred pound men, so that fight was going to go as long as we wanted it. Oh yeah, nobody's breaking that up. Obviously, that's for sure. Okay, now this is an important question. Does it, are there hockey rules of this? Like, are the, the two guys that that started the fight? Do they ultimately have to be the ones to finish it? No. Um, usually, what happens is the fight breaks out, and then like when our fight happened, it was between two guys, and then their guys jumped in. So, like, a couple of their guys jumped in, so our whole D line jumped in, and then and then from there it escalated. But uh, you know, when we get into these these uh, little uh, scuffles, as I would like to say, um, you know, it ends up being every man for themselves. You know, who's like if somebody's not on your team, you have no care for their well-being and vice versa. So, who won the fight with the Panther? Pan- with the Panthers, who won? I mean, of course we won. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. All right, let's, let's be serious. All right, he is AJ. It would be like it would be like me fighting you guys. Uh, well, wait a second. I think I like my chances better than Aaron's. I don't know. I'm, I'm tricky, dude. Oh, oh, stop it. I think that you're disrespecting me here. If I get all hopped up on, like, uh, those fudge brownie Oreos that I sent you a picture of the other day, if I get hopped mm-hmm. up on those, I'm telling you right now, you don't want a mess. You don't want this. you got to realize I was your size in second grade, probably. <laughs> you were Aaron's size when you were born. Well, that's <laughs> All right, let's get into SummerSlam. As always, Aaron will present us the matches in whatever order he wants to present them in, and then we will all go around and make our picks. And then after we do, AJ will go to Twitter later and change all of his picks. That, that's a fact. So that he can that's make sure. That's not that. true. That's not true. Do not lie to the public, okay? <laughs> I always do the best of these picks. You want to know why? Because I'm better than you guys. Wait a second. Who picked Ryback to win the <laughs> Intercontinental? You're, you're always going to <laughs> say that Who one. Kevin Owens to beat John Cena. All right. All right. All right. Um, we're going to go in a reverse order of what we usually do, just because we have no idea when you're going to. Yeah, AJ like, at some point might over. say, like, I got football to do, so I got to yeah, go. Yeah, Coach is going to run over and be like, stop talking that fake sports stuff. So we're, <laughs> we're going to start at the top of the card and make our way down. And so we're going to start with the main event for the main event. And uh, Taker Lesnar, what's your thoughts on uh, how it's been built, and uh, what's your thought on the match? Um, I, 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 I love it, man. I mean, it's yeah, stunner. It's a stunner. AJ loves it. He loves everything. It's, I think it's a rematch. That uh, are you excited to see it? Eh. 
Uh, it depends. I, I'm curious. You know what's I, funny? I'm, I'm more curious than excited. This is the rare scenario where I'm actually more excited about the build than I am the match. I, I, I just can't shake the fact that, boy, Undertaker's an old man. And <laughs> he just does not... Dude, when he, like, it almost looks comical when he did the tune. The other night at the end of Raw, like, I, it took everything in me to not laugh at that. Like, the notion that he would be capable of doing that to Brock Lesnar, like, oh man, it's real. I know we gotta suspend belief, but like, this one is particularly hard to suspend belief for. It, it is, he, I'm, he's still, in, he's in good shape, I'm not down, denying that. For his age, I'm not denying that, you know, it, it's a, remarkable. Um, but he just looked old and it looked really particularly bad. Like I kept waiting for them to have Brock Lesnar get up and say, dude, is that really all you got? Like, really? I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't have a ton of hopes for the match itself. Um, I do because they're both fantastic performers. Um, and to me, uh, I think that Brock Lesnar wins, but I think it's the, uh, um, I don't. I have an idea, but I don't want to. You know, I don't know if anybody else has thought of this. Well, then tell us. I mean, what are you, wait, what are you waiting for? Are you gonna wait till the match happens and then tell us afterwards? Well, see, here's what I think. I think it would be a perfect idea if you have Picker look like he's about to win, right? And then the lights go dark, and you hear a big ass red flame fly yeah. in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mass Kane comes out, and he screws Taker. Lesnar wins. Kane gets one more run as Mass Kane because he obviously wants to get out of the business. And you have Taker Kane at Mania. I well, think that would work. Yeah. I've always been in I've always been in favor of one more Mass Kane run and one more big Kane run. Yeah. I've always been in favor mm-hmm. of that. I think Aaron's thought though that he was. He, I think Aaron thought that you were thinking of something else. Yeah, I, I mean. I, I almost, when you said lights go out, I was thinking Sting. And I, I agree with you. I think this match is going to set up Mania for Taker. I, I don't, you know, we, you are going to get some hint of what we are going to get from Taker. Because on paper right now, this match doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's not there's not a whole lot in it for either person, other than the fact that I, I think also this is a big ego thing for both of them. They had the big Mania match. Taker got concussed a few minutes in. It ended up being a little bit of a sloppy match, and people don't look on it very fondly. And I think it's kind of almost an ego thing for him that we want to show you what we wanted to do at WrestleMania. Right, we right. want to show you that match. So outside that, you know, the, the, the thing to me that, that gets about that match at Mania is if you watch that match again, knowing that Lesnar's going to win, the match tells a completely different story. It's just everybody thought Taker was going to win, so they're like, oh, you know, that match doesn't make sense. But the other thing. Handled- I also but really, I, okay. really, what they were trying to do is the same exact thing that they did with John Cena, where Lesnar just manhandles him the whole fight and then ends up winning. But I don't think that was supposed to be what I think that Taker got concussed a few minutes into that, and they they changed what the match was supposed to be. I, I agree with you that under the circumstances, and if you look at it from a narrative, knowing that Lesnar's going to win, it looks a lot better. However, I don't think at all that when they when they were making their entrances, I think they had a very different match in mind going into that. I can buy that. I can buy that. I'm I'm with AJ that Brock Lesnar's going to win. But I think this is the match where you reestablish Brock Lesnar as a dominant heel. I think that the problem was you, you did this thing where he became a face, and then you did nothing with it. It didn't go anywhere. 
And if he's not going to be around for a few months, then then why continue to have him as a, a face? I think this is the match where he just destroys The Undertaker. But does that make him a heel? I think it would. I think if you rip the guy from limb to limb, like, I mean, you, I think you could create a scenario where, you know, he's the bad guy so, again. So, so you're, no, you're, you're thinking that this is like Cena brought I think last year. I think it ends up becoming worse. Again, I think that you can't ignore The Undertaker looking like an old man. I just don't think you can pretend like that doesn't exist. If you're Undertaker, why do you agree to that, Matt? Like, that's the thing, that... He's coming back for this. This is very unusual for him, Correct. obviously. Correct. So, what do you mean? Why do you agree to? Yes, why? If he's because okay. they pay you. Well, obviously, but if if well, the match is, oh, I'm going to get tw- retire because he's going to retire in WrestleMania 32 in Dallas, so he wants two big paydays. That's why you. Agree well, okay, that, that payday, sure, but I, I don't know if I'm Undertaker. I don't know if I say, okay, I'm going to take 20 German suplexes in a row. Well, I don't know that he can take 20 well, German and, and suplexes that's, in that's a row. That's the other thing. You're, you're saying yeah. that this is going to be a you know a one-sided annihilation, and I just. You know, I don't think it's going to be that at all. I know. I know. I think. I think more on you. I think it's going to be a more back and forth affair. A lot of brawling involved because because we know both of these guys. Whether you know whether Undertaker can you know do put on a match like he had against Shawn Michaels, something like that, probably can't. But we know he can still brawl a good amount. So I expect this to yeah. be a good, solid brawling uh, match back and forth. Uh, I think I don't think it's going to be a one-sided match. I could see towards the end, obviously Brock Lesnar starting to do his thing, but I don't see it being a one-sided domination the way that you do. Like okay, well let me let me present this scenario. If it's not, I think what can happen is what you're talking about, which is where by the end he's dominant, and then afterwards you have him continue to beat down on the Undertaker to to get his heel heat back. I if if Brock Lesnar's going away for another few months. I don't understand what benefit there is to just have him win a match with The Undertaker when he's already beaten The Undertaker. Right. Like, just winning a match alone right. doesn't really benefit Brock Lesnar in any way. It, this match doesn't Do you guys not? Did you guys not watch the last pay-per-view? What do you mean? I mean, that's why Brock Lesnar won. Well, I, un- I understand that. No, no, no I... I understand the concept. Unlike Aaron, I'm I'm okay with the concept. I'm saying I don't know what it benefits you to just have Brock Lesnar win a match against The Undertaker. How does that help Brock Lesnar when he comes back to the company that he won another match against The Undertaker? I think you've got to do something with him within the... the... I, I think this match is more about Undertaker than Brock. I think Brock is... And, 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 and I, I think, and I think I that's a for, terrible I, idea. I, I, yeah. And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you at all, but I think that this match is more... Brock Lesnar is the most important person in your company. Uh, he just is. That's not true. Uh, you can say everything you want about John Cena. Brock Lesnar showed up on ESPN this week, and they cared, and they wanted him on TV, and they 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 are broadcasting from some SummerSlam because Brock Lesnar is there. That Brock Lesnar is the most important guy when he's there. I get it. When he's not there, he can't be. But when he's there, there is no one in that company that's more important than Brock Lesnar because of what his accomplishments are, whether you want to poo-poo them or not. I get it. Um, to to just use him to build the Undertaker. If that's really what you're doing, I, I, ugh. I mean, but if he's going away for four months again, then I hear you. But he's going to be back, and presumably back more than the Undertaker is going to be back. I, I mean, yeah. It, but here's the thing that you're completely overlooking is the fact that Brock Lesnar, as you said, because he is that guy, no matter what happens after this, he's still going to be that guy. Okay, maybe so, maybe so. But I feel like you should try to get. He's I, still going to. He's still going to be the guy that they're going to pay. To see at Survivor Series versus whoever the hell else they want to put out against him. I just want to get more out of him. If you have him well, get the most... Well, assuming he's at Survivor Series. 
Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't stun me I, at if, all if, if he's not back till January. Right, correct. Anyway, I, I just feel like that you've got to do something, and that's why I'm saying you have Brock Lesnar win, and then I would say you stomp, you have him stomp down the Undertaker afterwards, maybe spit at him, something like that, to try to get heel heat back. Here's here's the one reason why I'm not, I, I like your idea of Kane, I think that's a fine idea. The fact that this is the main event of SummerSlam, I don't know if you're going to go off the air with masked Kane being that last shot. And that's, it won't be. Did you hear what I said? I said Kane attacks Undertaker and Lesnar wins and Lesnar's the last shot as the winner. So okay. Kane just disappears, but yeah. Yeah, and that's also a way and that's also a way to make Lesnar a heel too, because he's just right. one cheap. That's I, fair. I, I the the way I was I was thinking a little bit Sting. We, we've heard back and forth about Sting because that would be the icon. You know, if, if Sting somehow, I don't, you'd have to come up with a damn good reason why the hell he's there. But hypothetically, if he was there and he was the closing shot, or yeah, do you really have to come up with a reason why he's there? No, because you don't. They did an entire <laughs> match at WrestleMania <laughs> with Sting, yes. where a bunch of people came out, and it made no sense for any of them to be there. Valid point. But if, if, if you had a, if you had a closing shot of SummerSlam of Sting standing over Undertaker, I mean, there, there's your sell. closing image right there. It's a good sell, no doubt about that. But I think we all agree that Brock Lesnar's winning. I just don't know how anything else could happen there. All right, next. Uh, next, let, let's go to the uh, title versus title match, Rollins, Cena. And quite frankly, this is the most unpredictable I, I've found the match it, in quite a while. It is, I agree. AJ? I don't agree at all. I think Seth Rollins wins. I think this is just going to be one of those matches that ends up being a, cat, a feather in the cap of Seth Rollins. Um, and, you know, one of the matches we look back in his career and say, wow, like we do with Brock versus Rock at SummerSlam, like we do with Brock versus Cena at SummerSlam, like we do with a bunch of different matches. Like when you see the match and you see the guy, you're like, man, that match he had versus John Cena at SummerSlam 2015, man. That was fantastic. I think Rollins wins. I think they either – I would like for them to retire the U.S. title if Rollins wins, to be completely honest with you, so that you could have just one other title so that it would matter. Um but I don't think they would do that. I think what they would do is probably have like a tournament for the U.S. title and have Seth Rollins vacated. Um, but I think Seth Rollins wins. Uh, see, I don't, I don't disagree with you that, that I think that Rollins ends up winning. But when I, when I talked about how unpredictable it was, I said even if you say that Seth Rollins is going to win, I feel like you could go in about six different ways in how he wins. Well, I mean, we, nobody's talking about the fact that the authority is still missing, right. and it would be all too convenient for the authority to show back up at SummerSlam. Right. Could, could, is is that how they're going to the do the U.S. It? title it's, to Kane? Exactly. Could, could he do that? Is it going to be something with Triple H? Maybe Triple H costs Cena to make sure he doesn't get to the uh, the 60 title. Maybe Ric Flair shows up, make uh, sure I Cena doesn't. Like, there are a number of ways they could conceivably go with. You know what they could do? They could have Rollins win to get both titles and have Sheamus come out at the end and cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase I, I, to ugh. keep the belt separate. Oh, I hate I it wouldn't so much. like it, yeah. but it would make a lot of sense in this situation. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. Like, there are a lot of ways they could go in this match, even if you assume that Cena is not walking out with both titles. Hey, re uh, real quick question. Is John Cena in this match? <laughs> hey, come on. He, but, but he yeah, has merchandise. The, the, wait, 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 no, no, no. Merchandise wait, wait, AJ, you said John Cena's in the match, right? Yeah. Okay, and, and Aaron, is, is John Cena in this match? No. No? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's in the match, right? 15-time champion yeah. shirt, John, John Cena, Cena wins. <laughs> Actually, the funny part is, like, if I was ever going to pick John Cena to lose, this would be the match where I pick him to lose. Right. That, there is absolutely no reason why John Cena should be winning this match. No. 
how many matches have there been absolutely no yes. reason why John Cena should win, and he somehow won anyway. So just because this is what I do, I'm going to pick John Cena to win the match. He's got the 15-time champion shirt, though. I know. I understand. I understand. But he's in the match, and he wins. I would love the I would love the authority to be the reason. I'd miss the authority. The authority is meant having no authority means having no J and J security, and having no J and J security means I should just jump off a cliff because it's everything that brings me joy in my life. Thank God, <laughs> other than the, the new day. Thank God for the new day and the primetime players because if it weren't for them, I would have no joy whatsoever. J and J security equals joy, equals happiness in my <laughs> life, and I refuse to continue watching this product if you are going to deprive me of J and J security moving forward. I mean, it's definitely possible. That would be the easiest way to go is just have right? them co- go out. I, I just, and I, I like I, the fact that they haven't even talked about the fact that they're not there because I think right. it would sort of create like a, oh, oh right. Those guys. Yeah, those guys. I, if it wasn't for, you know, constantly just just the they're, – they're building more and more that dissension between Triple H and Seth Rollins that eventually that has to come to a head. And I could see – Triple H himself having to get involved to keep the belt on Rollins, or if Sheamus is the new authority champion, if he cashes it in. Something along there to start keeping that going, that there is more and more dissension between Triple H and Seth Rollins. Okay. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. Next one. Uh, so wait, did, did we get you, – you just uh, – AJ, yeah, you just think he's... Rollins wins, however? Yeah, Rollins wins. Okay. Uh, Owens and Cesaro. Fun singles match there. Very fun singles match. Very fun um, singles match. It's gonna, I think this is probably going to be the best match of the night. I don't think there's any... I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if it was. That, that's a pretty um, fair bet. Hello? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Go ahead, bud. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, man, Cesaro's built up so much steam. But, I mean, Kevin Owens lost a couple of matches. I think, I'm going to go with Kevin Owens. I think you you need Kevin Owens to win this more than you need. Keep. What what was that? <laughs> you need Kevin Owens more than you need Cesaro to win this match. Um, I think Cesaro has lost matches and it kind of hasn't mattered already. And I think you're in that point with him. Kevin Owens, I think it's going to matter if he continues to lose matches. I think he needs to win this one. I don't know why you make this match if you're not going to have Kevin Owens win it. Um, that being said, I love Cesaro. I'm all in on Cesaro, and if this is supposed to launch Cesaro towards main event status, I I have no beef with that. But I think that Kevin Owens is the more logical play, and so I'm going to go with Kevin Owens as well. I, I agree with both of you that I think Kevin Owens probably needs this a little more than Cesaro needs this. At the same time, the way that Cesaro has been used specifically, in, and we've talked about this before, Glenn, is I really think they're starting to put a big spotlight on him. This isn't, you know, before when he was part of the Real Americans and he was getting a cheers and it was almost getting cheers to spite the WWE. This is WWE putting him in a position to get these big cheers, both with what they let him do in the ring and the way they're positioning him on the card. And I think they have some big plans for him in the future. I don't know. This might be a slower build than some people want. I don't know exactly where they will eventually put him into that main event picture, but I think that they this could be the start of a true big-time run for Cesaro, and I, I think that the spotlight's going to continue to be on him. And in that, and if that's the case, I think that they should give him the win here, and I think they will give him the win. I, I look, I'm all for it. I love the idea. I love main event Cesaro. I think that's a great thing, but 
I don't trust the WWE to be in that position because I've liked the idea of main event Cesaro in the past and it didn't happen. Next one. Uh, next one. This is uh, what I'm calling the match where Glenn and AJ get to yell at each other. Ooh, good. I like I like yelling because we get uh, the Wyatt family against Reigns and Ambrose. Oh God. Okay, first of all, you're the best thing, best two guys in WWE today, um, Bray Wyatt and um, Roman Reigns. But I think this feud, I think what they have working with this feud is great. Of course um, you do. I think, I think the feud between the Wyatt family and with Roman and uh, Dean, I think that it's something that could last for a few months. So I, because of that, I think that you could have, I think that Bray Wyatt and Luke, when win, but win in a, you know, super heel kind of way. Um, I, I'm done with this. <laughs> I don't want any more of it. I don't think it's helped anyone. I think it feels stagnant. I think it feels like what we've done before. Um, I, I, I want to see Roman do something that matters. I want to see Dean Ambrose do something that matters. And they've, they've battled with Bray Wyatt before and they've, be- like, it just feels like more and more of the same. I love the idea Aaron's presented the possibility of, um, you know, this being where Roman turns on Dean. The only, or the other way around. Um, that's the only way that any of what they've done for the last three weeks, so they've suddenly made Roman and Dean, like, out of nowhere they went from being friends to being, like, the best friends that have been attached to the hip for eternity, that have secret handshakes, and that became blood brothers at the age of seven. Like, I have no idea where any of this came from, we were so okay. Oh no, no, really? These guys traveled the world together as a team for three years. I understand. I mean, that's why I could appreciate them as being if friends. Enough, if, if that's not enough to make someone a bond of a of a brother to you, I don't really. But no, 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 AJ. They went from being friends, like they were cool. We always, no one had any problem with Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose being linked together. Like that makes sense. It's just this forced, like it's gone from being friends or being brothers to being no two human beings on the planet have as close of a connection as you and I do. Like, suddenly they randomly know how to finish each other's sentences, and what kind of... like they it, And it the all came out of nowhere. Game. Right, the newlywed game. It all came out of nowhere. Like, nobody was really denying the fact that Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose were close. Like, nobody needed any further justification that they were close. We'd all accepted that. It just feels weird and forced. And the only reason why it would make sense to, to push it more to make them closer to me would be to set up splitting them apart. That's the only reason why that would make sense to me. I, I don't know. I who wins the match? I think that I, I, sadly, I'm I'm so spent on Bray Wyatt right now. I'm just so spent on him that I don't know. Even if you have him win this match, what does it mean for him? I mean, what, what does it do for Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper if they win this match? Honestly. They beat two of the biggest guys in the company. But, but, okay, where do you go from there? To two bigger guys? I mean, I hope, but they've always I mean, been it's a... It's not that hard of a... You're starting to get like Aaron, where you're thinking too much about shit. And you're forgetting <laughs> the television show. I mean, there's going to be something else that they do after they're done. I mean... Is there? Because we've been Netflix. saying that for the last two years, and they haven't really done anything else. Uh, yeah, I guess Undertaker and Bray Wyatt didn't fight. There was okay, so you got one. You did get one match in two years. And I, oh no, no, it never happens because they don't do anything. You're absolutely right. And then I guess Undertaker. I mean, I guess Cena and Bray Wyatt didn't fight at the, fight at the Mania we went to. That never happened either. Well, that was that was two years ago. But but yeah, that, I mean, they did the same thing for four months after that point. Look, I I I 
I don't dislike anyone involved with this match. I just feel like we're, we continuously come back to this. And I want it to be something else. And I get it. It's not that easy because there's only so many guys on the card. There's only so many people you can fight. I understand all of that. But I just feel like there, there's not anything happening here. I think it's best to have Roman and Dean win the match and then elevate them somewhere. Elevate them to whatever is going to happen after that. And that is sort of wide open right now with Brock gone. Um Making the title matter again. I don't know what what's which, next there. Which is why you know I don't necessarily think that I, I think that you know as Glenn was paraphrased that they are pushing them together to eventually break apart. Whether it's now, whether it's later, they're not making them best buddies for no reason. Or if they are, that's ridiculous. That that they're turning that to eleven. The fact that they're such good friends. I will say this: they do need a hot feud to carry them through the fall. Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns would be a, would pretty be hot, a feud, yeah. hot feud to yeah. set up through Hell in a Cell, for instance, which is coming up in October. Like, if they wanted to set that up now, I'd have no issues with that. Yeah, if I they, like that. If they wanted to set it up next month, that, that's fine as well. But I, I do think that you are going to – and then, you know what? It pushes them towards the Rumble. And if we're thinking that we might still get that Shield triple threat at Mania, this is where you start planting the seeds for it here. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I, I think – I guess I think the Wyatt family wins, but I, I'm, I'm not convinced on that. I mean, I does it still make okay if you split up Roman and Dean? It we would be in it'd be more logical for Dean to play the role of the heel, right? Like it's a more logical role for him to not play. Really. You think? Not really. If you split up, I mean, here's the thing I've been saying since, since Mania, and everybody was talking shit about Roman. Is you got to understand, Roman is one of the best performers in the business. I agree with that. Because yeah. of that, yeah. And because of that, it's not that far-fetched of a scheme. You said you want the authority back, right? That's what you want, right? Right, I do. Who makes a better figure face for the authority to try to take on Seth Rollins? Than Roman Reigns. Of Roman yeah. Reigns. Right. No, I, I hear you. I, I mean, I, I, li- I so like that, it. That, that wouldn't be quite this. Like, if, well, I'm if, saying now, specifically, specifically if, if, if it was Dean versus Roman for the next two months, if that's where you went with this, you split the two of them up, and it was one versus one, I feel like it would be easier right now to do it with Dean and have him do a thing where he was, like, jealous of Roman's success or, you no, know, his, no, his status no. on the card. I, I don't know about because jealous of no, his because, success. No, because idiots like you who boo Roman to boo him for no reason. When, when have you heard me would, boo Roman Reigns? Would begin, would begin to cheer for heel Dean Ambrose and boo. I, but I think, no, 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 I think you have to do it uniquely. I don't think you could do it where you make him a cool and, heel. And, and, and here's the thing. People are already, you know, the, the people who you are complaining about, the, you know, the, the people yeah. who like to boo, they're already starting to turn a little bit on Dean Ambrose. It's not complete. I'm not saying, like, they're about to boo him out of the building, but they're starting to say, I'm sick of his wrestling oh style. God. I'm sick of his oh contrived Oh, my God. I, I, I'm not the one saying this. If you go on, go on Reddit, go on the squared circle, and you will oh, see. Oh, Reddit, Reddit. Yes, that's exactly who you're talking about. Reddit. You're the one who brought up these people. I don't understand Reddit. what oh you're. We should, we should have never talked. You know what? This is our fault. We should have not have talked to AJ the day after he got into a fight. All he wants to do is kick our ass right now. Oh. Wait, wait. Oh are, are you the one who just said the people who want to boo Roman Reigns are going to cheer Dean Ambrose? I'm just saying. I'm. T- I'm saying those people are the ones who are. Saying, Aaron speaks on behalf of the nerds. Yes, I speak on behalf of the nerds. I'm saying I, I have seen these. I've seen these people complain about them. 
here's the thing that I hate. No one, no one hates wrestling. No one hates professional wrestling more than Reddit wrestling. You're absolutely right. But you're the one who brought them up so as an example of why you can't turn Ambrose heel. So I don't even, I don't even view those people as people. Then why did you bring them up? I don't. I don't. You because just brought them up by saying they, they they cheer for did, Ambrose over heel reigns. Hold on. Good question. One of us said Reddit. Which one was it? Yeah, but because you brought up the okay, Reddit people. So because you brought up the Reddit people. I don't understand. You brought it up. Oh, man. You brought up the Reddit Somehow we haven't done this in five weeks, and yet it's still too often. <laughs> All right. What's the next match? Uh, the the deep... <laughs> Oh, you can't, whatever. Oh, uh, divas, God. divas. Tell us about the divas, AJ. Tell, tell us about the, 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 the divas triple threat. What'd you say? The divas. We want to hear about the divas. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand how this is going to work. To be completely honest with you, because like, I have no idea how it's going to finish out. It's an elimination triple threat. I'm assuming Tamina is going to be the first person to eliminate. Probably. Probably. But after that, I have no idea. Well, it could also be, uh, Alicia. it could, or Nicole Bella. Maybe it breaks down to. No, I'm sorry, Brie Bella. Nikki. My bad. I could, I'm, I'm, thinking, like, I'm thinking, Brie Bella. I'm thinking it breaks down to Nikki. I mean, uh, Nikki, Charlotte, and Sasha, maybe? I think. That would make sense. But, but like, I mean, I guess you, sh- I mean, you're gonna have Charlotte, I mean, Charlotte, you're gonna have Sasha drop the belt to, um. Bailey. Uh, what's to Bailey, yeah, at not sure uh, NXT that Brooklyn. One. So maybe you give her a hot start by having her, you know, w- lose that, but then win the next night at SummerSlam, I guess. Yeah, so it, I, I'm going to go with Team Bad and Sasha. I, you know what? The the funny thing is, really, if we said who are the quote unquote hottest in this group of nine divas, physically or as no, I mean, like who are the the ones that are at the most steam? Yeah, I would say yeah. it's it's obviously Charlotte number one, right? And then either Nikki... Sa- Sasha did get the, the tap out over Nikki, though. Okay, okay. So, yeah. But I would yeah, say... I would say Sasha... I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say Sasha is number one if I had to name one. Okay. I, 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 think, I think Sasha and Charlotte are 1A and 1B. Okay, that's fine. So they're 1 and 2. But then behind them, 3 and 4 are Nikki and eight and Paige, right? Still? I, I think... To, I, to be honest with you, Paige, I feel bad for her because... That's my, that's my beef, right? Like, Becky has been getting some... Back. And she was the top diva going into this whole thing. She was... Maybe. You might be right about that. You might be right. I just... I feel like at some point the fact that Paige is there has to matter again. And that's why I would be in agreement. I... I hate um, the fact they changed the name. I hate that. I hate that they changed the name. I know, those bad pornos. Oh, my God. But, again, it, it was, like, so forced that we were making it seem like it was a porno thing. Like, it but wasn't... It was the name of a porno. It, was it the wasn't first thing really the name of a... It was, like, the name of, like, some... It was... They, no, it was. It was... We it was, Googled it. It was, like, there was a... You didn't it was, look, but they, they came out later, and they said specifically, hey, thanks for all the publicity, we just... Got ten times as much traffic as we normally. But it wasn't like there was a porn site called SubmissionSorority.com. It was like a people were finding that site because of WWE. All right. Anyway, I hate they changed the name. I really hate that because it was a great name and it It was a fantastic. I mean, I I, it bugs the shit out of me that they did that. Now they have to do it. Whatever. I mean, I'm not. It just bugs the shit out of me that they had to do it. Um, All that being said, I think that they have to win, right? Like they have to. Paige and Charlotte, and I mean, it's too... I, I think Charlotte takes it. I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think Charlotte ultimately ends up taking it. I 
again, don't know what comes of this, though. I don't know why... This is The first part is that they're, again, making any of this seem like it matters. Like, for Paige more than anyone. Like, why does Paige care about these other girls? Why? She's never cared about anyone. Really cool. I think it would be really cool if after this they did, like, a, a eight-woman tournament to decide who the... Number one contender uh, was. The number one contender would be at the next pay-per-view. And when, be, when, do, when do we finally get uh, uh, Nikki past I think AJ's it's, record? It's before the next pay-per-view. Okay, so we don't have to worry about it anymore. They'll, they can deal with what... They can have a championship match at the next pay-per-view. Yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Good. Because yep. this has just been yeah. And real. I, I think it's and I still think it's Charlotte. I think that Charlotte was supposed to be the it girl when she came up. And even though Sasha has looked very good, and you know it's hard not to make Sasha look oh, good. Sure. Um, I think Charlotte's going to get the first crack at the title. Okay. Well, I'm so agreeing. I think. And I think so. I think she wins at SummerSlam. Okay. Next. Uh, Hold on. Just so you guys know, whatever the last matches we have, we have. Let's do them speed round. I got five minutes. Right All right, let's do it. Right, speed round right now. Tag titles. Tag titles. Tag titles. New day. Yeah, it's got to be new day, yeah. right? It's got to be. Day. They, new day. They, they, they botched the, the way, fact that quick, someone. Hold on, quick thing before we go any further. New day. Why haven't they not started selling new day socks? Well, they, they they talked about that on Twitter like two months ago or something oh like that. Oh, my God. that's we, we talked about this on the show. Did we? Yes, we did. Oh, it's terrible. Biggie Big e talked about that. Oh, and it, they they need to. They yeah, have to. Correct. It has to happen. Um, yeah, because they, they botched the fact that primetime players never got the chase before uh, winning the title. Right. They, New Day can put over a face tag team if there's a true take. A true. The problem is they're so freaking likable. Well, I, I, that... I'm just like, you, you keep it on them for four or five yeah. months, and, and you have a team chasing them, and then you have the New Day be super likable, and then eventually they put right, over right, a great face tag right. team. Uh, after that, it is, uh, what do we got here? Oh, the Heroes vs. Villains match. Um, I mean, the, 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 ever since, except for when Roddy Roddy Piper beat Mr. T, the celebrity always wins. So I'm going to go with, yeah. I'm going to go with the arrow and the red arrow. I mean, I, technically you could use it more for Stardust and for Barrett, but I mean, you can't have Stephen Amell show up and not win. Right. Yeah, of course he to wins. To me, Wade Barrett is in this match to get pinned. That's what I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Well, the o- the only reason why it not be is just because this has been so much about Amel and Stardust that you want to keep it. That down. that, that I, right. I I could see Amel, you know, beating the, what how whatever he ends up doing. We still don't know exactly what he's going to be able to do in the ring, though. He's he's looked good in his training. He's athletic. Videos. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But he's going to do cool shit. I know that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his parkour videos are ridiculous. But like, it's going to end up him being hit hit some move on Stardust, Neville hitting the red arrow, and Amel getting the pin over Stardust. I yeah, think just I mean, because it, it's been that feud, and yep. there it's just kind of there. Um, Rusev Dolph. Yeah, I think man, I honestly don't know what happens here. I I think Dolph wins because I think you want to make Dolph hot again, but like. I don't know. I don't know what they go from here. I don't know. Does the feud continue? I think. I, I hope guess. not. It, back, I mean, it's got to, right? Because it's you're been not, so you're, you're broken. Not, well, and you're not getting Lana and Summer in, you know. So, uh, so you have to have a, a match uh, with all four of them in the yeah, next pay-per-view? Right. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, then, if that's the case, you're right. I'm going to go with Rusev then. Yeah, I think yeah. you have Rusev win this one. And, and, and I, then, I also think Rusev needs the win. As much as you say Dolph needs to win to get hot again, Rusev also has not gotten a win since February at a pay-per-view. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I think that uh, Rusev needs a win here. And then we get to see the flag, which would make... Everything so much. Oh which, my god! Which is better, the Rusev flag or the Drago flag from Rocky Four? Well, the, the Drago flag. Drago. Yeah, but but it's close. Yeah, but it's, it's not like Rusev isn't good. Yes, it's real good. Um, and and the final match, uh, Intercontinental title. 
Um, I think Ryback wins. But uh, I, what I hope that comes from all this is that Ryback wins and somehow uh, he loses soon so that someone else can have the belt. Because, God damn, I'm tired of Ryback. I, I think mean, he's a great guy. Yeah, the fans love that man. It's crazy. It's amazing how over he's the only guy that AJ doesn't love. (laughs) The fans are into him, and AJ's not. I can't believe it. But we've (laughs) talked about this a million times. I do not understand it at all, and I'm never going to understand it. Um, He's nothing to offer, and yet the fans just love him. Um, I would love for this to be the Miz. I think that it makes sense too because they basically buried him when he's actually been in the ring the last couple weeks. Mm. I think it made all the sense in the world for this to be a classic. Miz is hardly involved in the match. You know, Ryback and Big Show are just bare, just killing each other, and out of nowhere, oh right, the Miz is still here. Swoops yeah. in and steals and wins the belt. And I also think and that would be cool because then if Cesaro wins, you could give Cesaro a shot at the IC title. Oh, okay, I yeah, could like that. that, that I could like that. But there, there is one match I forgot about, and when I say it, it'll be obvious why I forgot about it. Uh, Orton Sheamus. Oh God, Jesus, they are doing that again. Yeah, aren't I mean they? Orton wins. Orton wins. Is, there, is Randy Orton in this match? <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Orton wins. I actually have Sheamus Orton won last oh, time. Oh, God, I hate that. Um, did you make a pick on the, uh, the IC match? Oh, uh, I'm going with Ryback just because he's been out. They All haven't right. gotten there. Right. I think they still want to keep it on him for a while, but I'd love this. All right, that's everything? That's everything, unless we want to talk about what Jon Stewart might do there. Yeah. Four hours of a card, and it felt like this segment went four hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is AJ Francis. At AJ Francis 410 on Twitter, give him a follow. He is uh, good to us despite the fact that he doesn't like us, which is cool because we don't like him either. Uh, uh, Make sure you guys pick out the game on Saturday. I'm going to be balling out versus the Panthers. Is yeah. it on NFL Network or anything like that? Do you know? What you say? Is it on NFL Network or ESPN or anything it'll be, like If that? it's not live, it'll, I mean, be, it'll replayed be replayed throughout later. the week. You'll have yeah. plenty of chances to watch the game on NFL yeah. Network throughout the week. Yeah, that's true. All right, buddy, we know you got football stuff to do. Thank you, as always. Appreciate it, pal. We'll talk to you soon, all right? No problem, brother. Hey, and by the way, guess what? What? Roman Reigns is the best guy in the business. That's the main event. Signing out. Peace. All right. That was that. Yep. I mean, it's a thing that happened. I can say that more than anything else. Always appreciate AJ hopping on with us, especially when he's got a football season to get ready for. No doubt about that. All right. When we come back in, Bubba Ray Dudley, uh, the Dudley boys. You remember them. They did a thing or two. And uh, he showed back up in the WWE not too long ago. I'll ask him about that and what that was like, and um, maybe there could be more of that in the future. We'll uh, talk to Bubba Ray Dudley next. It's Jobbing Out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster. At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis. Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. 
surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds, get your cash for nothing because it's surcharge free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms. Because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Cash for nothing because there is no fee. Hey, it's Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. You gotta come down and see some hardcore midget wrestling. The Half Pint Brawlers are in your town. August 28th and 29th, the Hustler Club in Baltimore presents the Half Pint Brawlers. It's psycho midget wrestling at its craziest at Larry Flint's Hustler Club. This is a show not to be missed. Make your reservations now. For more info, go to BaltimoreHustlerClub.com. Get ready for some midget mayhem. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right, I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. Yeah, we're coming now. And joining us now here on Jobbing Out, one of the all-time greats, a TNA Hall of Famer, one of the members, one of the greatest tag teams in WWE and ECW history. He's coming to Bowie on Friday night for Legends of Wrestling Night with the Bowie Bay Sox. He is the great Bubba Ray Dudley, and he joins us now. Bubba, it's Glenn. Thank you so much for taking some time for us today, man. Glenn, how are you? Things are good, man. Everything is good. And uh, this is going to be a fun night, Friday night. It's always fun when you and uh, and your brother, Devon, are in the same building together, right? Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to come up at, uh, to Baltimore. Um, yeah, Baltimore is a great, great wrestling city. It has been, you know, for many, many years. Um, and even though we're not wrestling, I'm sure there will be a lot of wrestling fans out there at the Bowie Bay Sox game, uh, getting autographs, taking pictures, and uh, watching us throughout the first pitch. How much would it cost for me to have you put me through a table at the game on Friday night? Yeah, I don't think you got enough money for that <laughs> one. Um, have you ever, did you ever do it to someone who wasn't a professional? Like, was there ever a scenario where you do that? Or was it like, dude, I can't do that. I'm going to end up killing a guy. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to re- – we've put so many people through tables. I don't, <laughs> um do you remember a guy named Joe C? He was Kid Rock's. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That was the Joe C through the table. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, no, I guess it's been everybody in the wrestling business. I, you know what? My memory is so shot. We may have put <laughs> one or two other people. I'm not sure. <laughs> so what is it? when, Like when you put a guy through, like Joe C through a table, like what do you have to prepare them for? If, if you were to put me through a table on Friday night, how? what is the appropriate way to take that bump? 
Um, stick your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, there, there is no preparing for it. It's kind of like being in a car crash. <laughs> you just hope to survive. That's all. That yep, just that's it. You, just, you, you, you keep your hands and legs inside the ride at all times and just hope for that. <laughs> hey, man, what was it like for you at the uh, the Rumble this year, being back out there and in front of the crowd and, and knowing – uh, how much you're beloved in that town in particular. What was it like for you? Well, the, the Rumble was was an awesome uh, one-night event for me because, you know, I've never been in an actual Royal Rumble match. Every time me and Devon wrestled at the Rumble, we were always in a tag team Oh, match. wow. Um, so being able to return after 10 years, being in my first Royal Rumble, and debuting in Philly... I mean, it was a big deal. I was the first guy out there, you know, with the countdown. So the people were just, they were rabid. They were just waiting for, you know, that first surprise. And and here I came, and it was an incredible, incredible response. I mean, some people say it was the best response of the night. It was awesome. I'm not saying that, but, you know, <laughs> it's kind of cool to hear. So it, it was a great night. It was definitely awesome. I, you say, though, the one-time-only thing, and obviously that's the question everyone asks. Does that, like, was it sort of like an itch you kind of needed to scratch? Like, I got to come back. I got to have that moment. And can you sort of be a piece for it now? Could you say, hey, look, if that's the last time I ever perform anything related to the WWE, I'm good? Oh, yeah. If that's the last thing that I ever did with WWD, I'd be fine. But even if I didn't do that, I'd be fine. I have nothing but fond memories of when I was there and, you know, when me and Devon were there, we accomplished more as a tag team in WWE than any other tag team had ever accomplished. Yeah. I mean, we, we were the world tag team champions on nine different occasions. And um, so it, it, it was great. It was great while we were there in the Attitude Era. It was great to come back during the Rumble. And um, like I said, I really have nothing but positive things to say about it. You, yeah, you're already in the TNA Hall of Fame. Would it mean a ton to you to get the opportunity to have the same recognition from the WWE? Here's my theory on wrestling Hall of Fames. Um, it was very nice for TNA to induct us into their Hall of Fame. It would be very nice if WWE inducted us into their Hall of Fame. But the way I look at it is this. Every night that I go through that curtain and I hear the roar of the crowd, whether they're cheering me and Devon or booing me and Devon, that's being inducted into the Hall of Fame for us. We get inducted into the Hall of Fame every single night we're in front of those people. That's awesome. Um, and that's what really means uh, something to us. That, that's awesome, man. He is Bubba Ray Dudley again Friday night with the Bowie Bay Sox Legends of Wrestling Night. Find out more at right now. Um, Bubba, particularly for the two of you, you know, a lot of times tag teams had success because they were brothers or they were guys that, uh, you know, grew up together and they were very close. What you've accomplished in this business of guys, different backgrounds came together, does it mean more to you that, that you were able to, you know, you, you crossed a, a, a racial bridge at a time where, you know, even then it still wasn't as you know, obviously accepted and, and beloved as it is now. Like, the, what you were able to do, the two of you, in this business seems so different than what so many tag teams have done. Do you ever look back on that and say, boy, that's really significant in the business history? The one thing that I'm most proud about, about me and Yvonne's success, is that we took um, something that was never supposed to be as successful as it has become. Yeah. Um, 
you know, the Dudley gimmick was, uh, you know, it was a goofy gimmick back in ECW. It was, um, it was put together for, you know, uh, they were a band of misfits. But when me and Devon first got together, I knew we had something special. I knew that we had a certain chemistry, uh, together and it really worked. And I'm proud of the fact that we were able to take this team from, you know, something that was supposed to be a joke to, what is the most successful tag team of all time. I don't sit back and tell you we're the greatest tag team of all time because in pro wrestling, I don't know what constitutes greatness or who's the best or who's number one, but I can tell you that we're the most successful. 24-time world tag team champions, every major tag team championship you could possibly hold. So I'm most proud of that, and I'm also most proud of the friendship that me and Devon have had over the past, you know, uh, 20-some-odd years, you know, where... We're business partners in the ring. We have our school together in Kissimmee, Florida, the Team 3D Academy. We genuinely get get along well, and we're both comfortable sharing the spotlight. That's wild. I mean, you, you, you see guys that are teammates on a football team that just need to get away from each other. They're like, all right, yeah, I love the guy, but I, I, the offseason is important. Yet you guys have worked together night in, night out, and there are marriages that don't seem to be this functional. <laughs> Well, it's funny that you say that because me and Devon, it, it is like a marriage. And, um, you know, me and Devon know when to stay each out of each other's way also. So, you know, it, it really has worked out. Um, when you have two guys that are not selfish yeah. and who know that together they are worth more than by themselves, and when you put your egos aside... <clears throat> you're going to have something as successful as we are. Hey, a couple real quick about the business. You, you know, got back involved with TNA again this year, and then you stepped aside. And you know, it's it's kind of been a tumultuous few months for them and everything that's been going on. And and boy, you know, it, it hasn't looked good at times. Uh, you've had such a remarkable run with that company. Does it does it sort of sadden you to see the struggles they've been going through recently? Um, I the, the word that comes to mind when I think of what has happened to TNA is disappointment. Yeah. Um, I'm really disappointed to see what has happened to that company. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're in business and things go wrong, you have, uh, you know, you have to look at yourself as an owner or as management or whoever are the decision makers over there and, and ask yourselves, where have we gone wrong? I mean, when you have all of the, mo- the wrestling minds that have come through TNA, and all of talent, I mean, the iconic talent, like the Hogans and the Stings, and then the work bosses like the Kurt Angles and the Jeff Hardys and the Dudleys, and then the, uh, you know, the, the, the great, you know, stars that TNA created, like a Samoa Joe and an AJ Styles and a Bobby Roode and Eric Young and James Storm, all the hot girls that are great wrestlers over there. <laughs> I mean, it goes on and on, and the great tag team scene that. How can you have that much talent come through your doors and unfortunately be where you are today. Um, yeah. So I can tell you this, it's not the wrestler's fault because the TNA wrestling locker room has always been um, one of the best out there. Wow, wow. Was there, was there a moment for you as you were going through it where you're like, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think, that, you know, can you, can you think of one thing that happened within the company that, this could have been the moment you look back on and say, here's where things really went wrong. Um, I think if you had to put your, your finger on when that moment happened, I guess it's when they 
Um, I, I guess the first part was when they left Spike TV and then maybe um, just recently when uh, the rumors started about them possibly being off of Destination America. Yeah. Uh, I, I really don't know. I think, you know, I think um, one of the things that TNA has always struggled with is uh, product awareness. You know, hmm. Um, hmm. not enough people knew who TNA were and where to find TNA. Hmm. So um, whenever you have a product, whether you're building the better mousetrap or you're selling, uh, you know, tires or <laughs> whatever you are selling, the, the, the public needs to know how to get it and where to get it. Hey, but we've had a, um, a brutal stretch these last few months, and we've lost two of the absolute titans of this industry and uh, Roddy Piper and, of course, Dusty Rhodes. And it seems like these are two guys that just about everyone has had a connection with, a story about, something along those lines. Um, you, have, you have any moments with either, either of those guys that stand out to you and just your thoughts on um, what has really been an awful couple of months? Yeah, I mean, losing Dusty and Roddy, you're losing wrestling royalty right there. Um, I'm very happy about the fact that I had somewhat of a relationship with both of them. Um, Dusty, I've known um, longer than Roddy. Um, and the last time I saw Dusty, we, me and Devon were at a, uh, uh, an autograph session in New Jersey. Um, I think it was in you know February or March of this year. And we were sitting right next to Dusty for the whole uh, for the whole autograph session, and we were laughing and carrying on with him. And then when we said goodbye to him, the last thing that Dusty said to us was, uh, "If you guys ever need anything, you know where to find me, and I love you both." Uh. And you know, if that's going to be your last memory of Dusty, that's a that's a great memory to have. Wow, wow. And, uh, with Rod and with Roddy, I got the um, last year when uh, when TNA did Bound for Glory in California. Uh, uh, Roddy invited me on his podcast and we had a really great conversation on and off the air and, um, you know, nothing but, you know, good things to say about him. I always found my, found that I got along with the veterans, uh, really, really well because I share the same type of respect for the wrestling industry that they did. So, a huge loss to the wrestling industry losing Dusty and Roddy. Hey, man, i got to tell you, years ago, and I'm sure you still get uh, people come up and tell you about it, but when I think about my absolute favorite promos in wrestling history, the promo that you cut right after the brand split about the WWE Championship at the time, I, I have never forgotten that promo. And it maybe it's because it was it was so different at the time from what we knew of your character. Um, Are you talking about the one that I did with Hunter? Uh, yeah, where you talked about the the championship sort of like being everyone's salvation, like that right. that night on Raw, I, I I still stick with that as like the example of a great. How many times do you have people come up to you and, and talk to you about that? Is does it stick with other people the same way it sticks with me? That is a promo that that has stuck with a lot of diehard wrestling fans that like. That promo showed a side of me, the speaking side of me, that a lot of people in WWE didn't know I had. Yeah. But as quick as, quick as it happened, as, as quick as it died down, um, actually, when I had that match with Hunter, I was going through a, um, a really bad left arm injury. I had some something going on with a pinched nerve. So that storyline had to be cut, uh, cut pretty quick. 
<laughs> but I am very proud of that promo, and uh, it, we did it live, and uh, I, and it went really well. And I thought, you know, not a lot of people knew about my speaking ability, and, and I'm glad to say, you know, today they do. Oh my God, man, it was incredible. It was so. The, was the idea that you were going to be put into like a significant, maybe towards the championship picture at that point? Say again. Was the concept then, you know, that you were going to make a singles run towards? Like the championship level at the moment was that where where you might would have been heading had not been the for the injury. I don't know if I don't know if I was going to be making a run to the championship, but um, you know, working with Hunter for the championship was definitely um, you know a big deal. Um, uh, I, I think that they were on their way to giving me an opportunity to shine, and um, that, like I said, that injury came at, came at a horrible moment. Right. Um, you know, getting to work with Hunter and getting to work with Brock when he had first started, you know, uh, and getting to work with Kurt when I was a singles also. All, uh, <clears throat> all great memories for him. No doubt. No doubt. He is Bubba Ray Dudley. Friday night with the Bowie Bay Sox, he and Devon will be there and your opportunity to go down, meet those guys, hang out. And a fun night of baseball as well. They do it right with the Bowie Bay Sox. You can go to BaySox.com to find out more. Hey, Bubba, what can we plug for you? Uh, uh, Twitter, social media-wise, website, what all can we plug for you? Uh, well, on Twitter, you can find me at RealBully5150. And on Facebook, you can find us at Team 3D Academy of Professional Wrestling. Team 3D Academy of Professional Wrestling. Bubba, really appreciate it, man. I've been a fan for a very, very long time. I uh, enjoyed the opportunity to catch up with you and have fun in Bowie on Friday night, all right? Thanks, man. I appreciate the time. Very good stuff with Bubba Ray Dudley. Aaron, sorry you couldn't be there for it. Um, I passed along your best, and he said, I hate that guy. I mean, as, that's as what he, he said. He as said, he that should. guy is an ass. I heard about what – you know, it's funny. He said, I heard what he said about Virgil in Rolling Stone. And because remember Virgil oh, right, was right, mad right, at right, you right, about right. because I, I didn't I didn't go visit him right That's so right. so he said on behalf of Virgil I'm much much happier that Aaron wasn't there I, I, I gotta say the the idea of Virgil and Bubba Ray going out to bars <laughs> together just sounds like the greatest show ever just oh man that, I would definitely watch that no freaking doubt about it all right it is segment number three of jobbing out it's brought to you by WrestleCrate again WrestleCrate.com uh, when do you get your next WrestleCrate Aaron should be coming up in the I was next say, uh, right? week or so Absolutely. I don't know I know it's deadline I believe just passed for this month so get in for next month soon right now but uh, yeah this should be coming pretty soon and if you still if you this is the first week you ever discovered the show and you have no idea what we're talking about well I'll tell you that WrestleCrate is perfect for the wrestling fan in your life. A subscription to WrestleCrate is the picture-perfect gift. Every month, a surprise package of wrestling goodies will appear at their front door with new items from Mattel, Funko, Fathead, Tops, and many more DVDs, T-shirts, all starting at just $15 a month. Go to WrestleCrate.com to subscribe. Again, thanks to WrestleCrate for making the show happen each and every week. Uh, we know there, uh, also the other thing, too, keep in mind, about WrestleCrate is you never know what kind of autographed stuff yep. you might get. Got and some crazy autographs that's, over. Uh, and that's thinking like it's not it's not an obvious like oh well it would make sense for me to get a you know insert name here autographed thing. It could be a totally random mm -hmm. autographed item that you get in your WrestleCrate, and that's what makes it so cool. WrestleCrate.com and use that code JO sent me to get 10% off your monthly subscription. Let's get into our quick count for the week. Three stories we haven't had a chance to touch on that we want to make sure we do, as always, because Aaron is just bursting with nerddom. That's right. There is so much nerd going on in that brain of his 
that I've got to allow him a portion of the program to just nerd out. And I allow him, number one in our quick count, to go away from the world of the WWE and touch on whatever he wants to touch on. Please do that now, sir. Well, there, there's something that I do want to touch on, and uh, that's it's been a big event in wrestling over the past month, uh, about a month now, and that's uh, New Japan's G1 Climax Tournament. The uh, G1, and I see you yawning over there. Uh, that was actually <laughs> unrelated. I, in fact, after I got the yawn out, I said, oh, how about that? Yeah, no, um, the, the G1, for anyone who doesn't know, is... New Japan's basically their premier event. It's been going on for about 40 years now in some form. It's their tournament. The closest comparison, of course, would be the King of the Ring because it's a tournament. But it's um, they do it very differently. They, it's grown so much what they do what they did this year, and it's been this way the past few years. They have two pods of ten wrestlers each, and they do uh, over they the course fight to death. That'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be amazing, right? No, it'd be. But it's a uh, it's a, a true r- elimination chamber. That, that would be great. I, when I say pods, I don't mean oh. actual physical pods. Oh. I mean like tournaments like oh, you would okay. see in the World Cup. Like, like a bracket. Like, like a bracket. Okay. But of ten, and they do a round robin within each pod. So over the course of four weeks, every person will face every other person in their pod in a match. And so it basically provides you infinite fantastic cool. matches. I like over, that. They, they do about four shows a week, and yeah. all of them are huge. And they make it so the winner ends up... Uh, they they get to be the main event at Wrestle Kingdom, which is their uh, version of WrestleMania. Generally, they have to defend it at some point uh, over the next few months, but uh, it's great. What it does, because they have so many ma- every person wrestles nine matches before even the finals. The, the winner of each pod faces each other in the finals. So before the finals, every person is wrestling nine matches. So they can create storylines out of it. They can put over wrestlers. Uh, in this case, uh, Michael Elgin, who's an American wrestler for Ring of Honor, he went over there, and all of a sudden he's the hottest thing in Japan right now because of these nine matches he had in the G1 tournament. It ended up being uh, Tanahashi against Nakamura, two of the top guys in Ring of Honor. And actually Okada, who's the champion, is also part of this. So this isn't just a number one contender thing. This is the top guys in the company are going to go at it for four weeks, and we're going to see every combination of wrestlers that you could possibly want. Huh. Huh. And they turn into a huge thing, and, and that's what New Japan builds their show around for that month, and everything springs off of the G1. As I said, uh, Elgin, you had uh, Okada and Styles go at it in a qualifying match. Uh, you had Okada and Nakamura go at it in a great match. So they had all, the, all these storylines, and they make it, the, and here's the big thing, they make it feel like it means everything. Really? Everybody, they, they can create storylines inside the tournament. Uh, one wrestler, Hanma, he he didn't he debuted in the G1 last year didn't win a single match lost his first i think six matches this year won his seventh match people went nuts it became the biggest thing ever that this guy finally won a G1 match and it kind of blew up twitter a little bit okay. when it happened okay and uh, it was a big deal so, and they can create it because they they meticulously craft this tournament which which brings me back full circle to something you know we've been talking about a lot why can New Japan make this mean the world, put on these fantastic matches, and WWE can't get a single it's, elimination tournament right? I mean, it would seem like it, it shouldn't be that hard to do. It just takes a little bit of foresight. That's all. Just a little bit of like pre-production and planning to make something like this work. And I've always wondered at the WWE, it's more like the, they, they just look at a risk-reward, which is there's risk that if you plan something out over a couple months, somebody gets hurt, and then... 
all of your plans go to hell and all that type or somebody, you know, gets caught using N-words on a video and now you got to fire them. You know, I, I, I think that has something to do with why the, the WWE avoids these like the plague. And when they do it, they do it like the way they did the bastardized King of the Ring this year, which was dreck. Yep. Dreck. Because they could say, hey, we can put it within one night, and that means there's no way it can get screwed up. Or two nights, I guess, technically it was. It can't get screwed up too much. No one's getting hurt in the span of two nights. Um, I think they, it's more the risk factor for them. They feel like if they do something that all they think about is, well, how could this go wrong? Instead of thinking about what the benefit is, they think about how it could go wrong. Yep. Uh, anything else? Uh, I mean, just if, if you haven't had a chance, I'm sure a lot of them, the matches are up on uh, Daily Motion and some of these other sites right now. Go back there. I'm, there are guides coming up now that are like the best of the G1 uh, Climax tournament. It's fantastic. And it actually, uh, the the finale of it, the final day, in addition to the finals with, where Tanahashi beat Nakamura to set up probably a rematch at Wrestle Kingdom with Okada, which is interesting that they're willing to do the same main event two years in a row. Um, you're also having a, a Japanese legend come out and challenge Okada to a match for his oh, retirement wow. match wow. Uh, in November. So they, again, they made it a big deal. That's it was, really it was, cool. It was really great. That's really cool. All right, uh, number two this week. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, NXT TakeOver back in the first segment. We were talking about some risks that you could take with it. We didn't really talk about the card and the fact that there are some pretty big matches Coming up Saturday night in Brooklyn, live on the WWE Network. By the way, am I to understand that this card will also be used for next week's NXT t- TV show? What what they're doing is they're they're splitting up. It's going to be about a three and a half hour show okay. in Brooklyn. The first hour and a half is going to be two tapings of the NXT show of the oh, NXT okay. TV show, and then the last two hours from nine to eleven. So sort of the live pay per view. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. So I, I don't want to go over the whole card the way that we did with AJ and SummerSlam, but just some highlights from the card and some thoughts about what we're going to see Saturday night in Brooklyn. Uh, of course, uh, you got to start with the title match, Finn Balor against Kevin Owens. And as I found out, Finn Balor's first ever ladder match in a 15-year Is that career. for real? Wow. Yeah, he's never been in a ladder match before. Of course, you can read much more about that by going to RollingStone.com. Absolutely. You can also find out why he wears his face paint. That was actually a really interesting uh, answer he gave me. Because I, I basically asked him all about the, fi- the not the face, the whole, the full body pain gave a really interesting answer to that so definitely go check that out but uh finn balor owens and you know the logical thing here is finn balor wins and then the logical thing as we, we get to it later sasha banks versus bailey is that bailey wins because both of those things are so logical you i wonder like you if you have we're to going, go away from a little bit one of the two we're going to get a little bit of a swerve in. i don't know which one i could actually i could see owens if, if you told me especially that you know, they've done their thing with Owens, and they're not, you know, if, if you believe the rumor that they're not quite as high on him, that maybe they want him to go back to NXT, not go back permanently to NXT, he'd still be on the main roster, but he wants them to get more of a rub in NXT, and that way if they don't necessarily push him in WWE on the main roster, it doesn't look quite as bad if he's holding the NXT belt. I don't buy it. I think most more likely uh, Sasha's going to, or Bailey, Sasha would be the one to retain, but... um if you told me that it happened, I could buy it. I, you know, I'm still intrigued by how they plan to use everyone. You know, as we talked about the idea of this being its own entity and not a minor league necessarily. If that's the case, is it the end of the world if someone loses a match in um, NXT and then wins a match in WWE or vice versa? No. Right? right. If you're if you're saying this isn't a minor league, this is a a just a separate entity. Um, I do think at some point. 
it's hard to continue multiple storylines. You're asking a lot. Um, if Kevin Owens is not going to be appearing on NXT week in and week out, to to still have him be involved in the NXT, the NXT title kind of has to matter. And now you're you're putting yourself in the same position that you do when Brock Lesnar's not there, where it matters, but only so much because he's not there, right? Like, it, it I think it takes away from your TV show that you're doing week in and week out if Kevin Owens wins the championship and then isn't there every week, like shows up for one or two of the tapings before your next event. Um, but and, and because NXT seems to be looking to go out on the road more, do more of these house shows than they were, that's the important thing. Yeah. Like if it was just all about the TV, he could show up for the tapings and you know show up to NXT once every six weeks or four weeks. Yeah, but on a Saturday night when you're in Tuskegee, Alabama, right? And or, you know, I'm not Lakeland, Florida. Well, okay, wherever it yeah. is. Um, that he's not there for Correct. that, that becomes problematic. Then why did people pay for tickets to an NXT house show right. if they weren't going to get the NXT champion there? Right. Now, he's not going to be there either way, you know what I mean? It's just the idea that the belt will be there, the right. champion will be there. Um, I Yeah, I hear what you're saying entirely, and I think the same thing does go for the, the women's championship because they've made women's wrestling so important in NXT. Right. And, and, and that's and I think that makes thing. the women's championship... You know, really, that this is their co-main event for this for this uh, Saturday night, right? Is the uh, you could, you could, they've they've labeled it that way. They yeah, have labeled could, it as a co-main you could, event. You could argue Ty, uh, Liger Breeze I, as no, the other part of that. I know, but, but yeah. they've been stating this is the co-main, co-main event. Yeah, yeah, right, absolutely. And uh, you know, Liger showing up—that that's another big thing, like another very cool thing that you right. never ever see on WWE television is Liger showing up out of nowhere. To do wrestle presumably just one match and then disappear, one, right? And disappear again. So that that's legitimately cool. Uh, I hope they use it as a case to showcase Tyler Breeze because I think that he's has too much. Talent. Well, he was getting very close to being on the and main then roster. All of the guys came in. All of the the Kevin Owens, right. and Finn Balor, and right. Hideo Itami uh, came in and kind of. Who did they have him tag with for a little while on like house shows? And was it Sin Cara? No, it was Bo. It was Bo. No. Tyler, Ty- yeah, we, Tyler Breeze. We saw when we went to SmackDown, yeah. we saw it was Tyler and Bo against was Lucha it? Dragons in the All dark right. match. Okay. All yeah, right. so he he was doing that for a little bit. Um yeah, so that that was cool. Uh the other well, there are two intriguing other intriguing things about really intriguing things about this weekend. I don't know if it'll be at Takeover or if it'll be at the tapings. Uh one is uh, Samoa Joe is on the card against Baron Corbin. Yep. Um I still think we're seeing Joe. There's a reason they're putting Joe in these random matches and not having him work really storylines. Because you think he's going to the main card. I, I think he could be up as soon as Raw. Okay. I, I think that if, if you if you tell me the Raw after SummerSlam, he how about up. this? Could you see him being a guy that they use for WWE TV and NXT house shows? I could buy it. I could buy it. It's you know. Possible. I mean, just the whole the problem with that is simply that. Well, no, I guess because they pretty much solely do NXT uh, house shows on weekends and the TV during the – you can right. pull it off. Yeah, you can right. pull it off. Um, so that that's one. Samoa Joe against Baron Corbin. Corbin, of course, had that kind of monster heel push, and now he's you know, still kind of have the monster thing going on. They, they're not quite sure exactly what they do want to do with Baron Corbin. And this will be the first time where it's not just a squash match for him. So that, that I'm very interested in to see if uh, Baron Corbin, who is another uh, an ex-NFL guy – what what he can do in the ring against someone like Samojo. Okay. And then uh, the other is the debut of uh, his name is now Apollo Cruz, which by the way, right? I, I, I as ridiculous as it is to name someone after Terry Cruz, 
Uh, he looks really similar, doesn't he? He looks similar, and Apollo, Apollo Crews is actually a pretty awesome ring name for a wrestler. And uh, that, that is the former Uha Nation, and uh, he is going to be a star. Triple H already loves him. He, he raved all about him in that conference call he did for the NXT conference call he did. He's athletic. I'm not sure. I know we can talk a little bit. I'm not sure if he's a great talker, but he's really athletic, and he's a hoss, and he's exactly what Triple H would love in a guy. He's a guy to watch in NXT, and he's going to make noise quickly, and he's going to be making his debut uh, in Brooklyn. Very cool. Uh, what about our guy, uh, the former Terp, Dean yeah, Mutati, uh, Mojo uh, Rowley? Mojo is actually in a match. I assume it's going to be uh, for TV, not for uh, at for TakeOver. But he is an eight-man. He is with his partner, Zack Ryder. They're, right. of course, the Hype Bros. They're teaming with the realest guys in the room, Enzo and Cass, against the uh, four-man team. It appears to be an offshoot of uh, Shoot Nation, which was basically they put all of their amateur guys, guys with amateur wrestling backgrounds together, and uh, kind of created a heel stable out of them, but of uh, Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, uh, Scott Dawson, and Dash Wilder. Uh, Dash Wilder and Dawson have been working as the mechanics, and Jordan and Gable have been uh, working a lot, a lot recently. Gable actually is uh, really interesting. He's a, uh, believe a former, yeah, he's a uh, former Olympic wrestler. Oh he yeah. In the 2012 oh yeah, absolutely. Olympics. Right. I know. I know exactly who he is. Yeah, and he's he recently debuted. Or has, he's been sorry. Wait, to is he related him. to Dan Gable? Uh, well, that—that's not his actual. His oh, okay. name is Charles Betts. Oh, okay, never mind. But Chad Gable is his in-ring name. That's interesting that they went with that, right? Yeah, but that's interesting. But he's—he's uh, he's great. Him and Jordan together are a legit, like they—they both have amateur backgrounds and they're showing it. They're—they're they're really great together and they—they they have a future. That's really interesting. All right, good deal. So that's Saturday night, uh, WWE Network, and then, you know, the, the pre-stuff will be seen on uh, NXT for the next couple of weeks, also on the WWE Network. The third story, and I wanted to touch on this, and we've sort of talked about it in the past, but there was a comment that Darren Young made to me that was interesting this week. Darren Young, of course, you know, is a member of the Primetime Players, um, and personally, not the character Darren Young, but the man Darren Young is uh, a gay. He's come out, he's... Publicly, he's very open about uh, his sexuality. Um, Stephanie McMahon, in in an interview a couple weeks ago, made comments to separate Darren Young personally from his character. They said, okay, well, Darren Young's gay, but Darren Young's character is not gay. And, you know, it's some people because, again, we're wrestling nerds and we understand the differences between those things. Some people, you know, were kind of taken aback by those comments because they can't really comprehend the difference between those two things. His name is Darren Young. The character's name is Darren Young. I don't really get it. But Darren Young has handled this tremendously. He's been wonderful in how he's handled this type of stuff. He made a comment on Instagram earlier in the week that I found to be somewhat interesting. And Aaron and I, when we started talking about it, already started debating it as soon as we brought it up. So Darren Young goes on Instagram with a picture in front of a Glad logo. And at the end, he says, as a proud gay man of WWE... I've always thought my success was entirely due to my skills as an entertainer and wrestler. It had nothing to do with my personal life. This said, I wouldn't mind if my character turned gay if it's for the sake of having an intriguing yet tasteful storyline, but I wouldn't do that switch if the reason is just to, is to quote, just to have a gay character. Yeah. There's a couple things that jump out at me about this. One... All of the gay storylines within WWE 
have been awful. Yes. I, you know, it's, let me take that back for a second. The Chuck and Billy one was not awful. It's just it was, it was so, a good. It was a good storyline. It, it was, was just so a bad portrayal. Right, and it was. If you could accept it as being entirely tongue in cheek the entire time, right. if you could get the idea that if you were able to be in on the joke, then I think you could have enjoyed it. I don't know how gay people felt about it. I don't because I'm not gay, and I right. didn't. You know, at the time we weren't covering wrestling. I was just watching it, so I didn't go out of my way to in- investigate and find out how gay people felt right. about it. But the other times they've done something list that, like this, where they've sort of like teased a gay storyline or a lesbian storyline. Um, you know, think about oh, the cringeworthy um, Tori Wilson, Dawn Marie. Yep. Oh God, just awful. Yep. There's been so much awful every time they've tried doing this that when I hear the notion of a gay storyline, all I can think of, that's terrible. I don't... WWE does not do gay storylines. They wouldn't know how to make one work. Um, And and, and that's the problem. When when he says, I'm not going to to be a gay character just to be a gay character, I agree with him 100%. The funny thing about that is I might disagree there because I do think it's something that can still be broken. I think it would matter that the WWE had a gay character that again, it didn't matter that they were gay. That you could have the but character But then why have him be gay? But you're you're saying that you think that is to have a gay character for the sake of being a gay character. I think there's a barrier that exists where they can now say, "Look, we have so a how, gay." So how how do you show he uh, besides him coming out and saying, "I'm gay." I think that's all you have to do. Honestly, See, I think that's I, I think all that's you that's distracting. See, I disagree with that. I, I really think – I think that if you're introducing – Look, they're already kind of wink, wink, nod, nodding And that's why I, I like – wink, wink, nod, nod is fine. I don't know, man. You come out and you say, hey, I'm gay now. Then you expect to say, okay, so he's a gay wrestler. So what does that mean for his character? Nothing. No, th- then don't introduce – I disagree because that – No, because you're the one who's, who's always saying things have to matter. When something happens that needs to matter yeah, – the matches have to matter. The no, no, storylines have to matter. And, and storylines have to matter and any char- anything you introduce should this matter. This does matter. It just doesn't matter for the same reasons. It matters because you have a barrier where you've never had an openly gay character. That but then, he, but if you're not having him change his character at all and not reference, are, are you saying like every week he comes out and say, and Michael Cole's like, oh, and here's our gay superstar? No, not every week up. necessarily, but, but regularly he. he but comes every out. now and then he might bring it up that you know, hey, don't forget, Darren Young broke down a barrier, the first openly gay superstar in the WWE. That that it matters because. But now, if you don't change his character, then it's not. But I really think that accomplishes more within culture. That within culture you've accomplished more by saying, yes, we have a gay character and who cares? That, yeah, he's gay. We don't have to flaunt it. We don't, I think that it's so much worse if your first gay character ends up going into this, you know, gay storyline. I, I agree is, with you, which I agree with you 100%, which is that I don't think they can do the gay, the, I don't think you can in, introduce the character trait without doing something rather distasteful with it. Well, I, I think you can. I absolutely think you can. I think your argument is that you shouldn't. I, I, I'm saying that – I'm saying in general, my philosophy on wrestling is if you introduce a character trait, that character trait should matter. It should matter to the storyline. It should matter to the character. If you're saying that someone is – you know, someone – you introduce it someone, someone's depressed. Well, then they, they should show that in their character. But I think this is depressed. so much different. This but is but I'm, I'm saying – I understand what you're saying, that it could be important. I'm saying that in wrestling – in in, a t- in, t- in any television, okay, but if the fir- you're introducing a television trait. The that- first time you had a black superstar, did it have to matter that they were black? Um, 
Because we always reference that the first that we all we all know who the first but, black but you champion didn't, you was. Didn't, you didn't introduce that he's black. You can see that that he's black. I, I understand that, but you, don't, you don't. But you didn't hide from it either. You didn't pretend like it didn't matter. Um, I think that what you're doing is you're trying to make. But it's not. I. I that's so different from a character trait. Uh, I. Okay, but again, it's. What I'm saying is that it, it can it doesn't have to be a character it's not a character trait it's who the guy is. Yes, yeah, but but he has to you know if you're saying if you're saying the black thing you can watch the TV and you can say he's black you, you don't have to say it at all as the, when it comes to being gay I, I question how you show it without changing part of the character. I don't again you're you're going to this you have to show it I think that Darren Young is saying in the same Instagram post he's saying I already show it when I hold up my right, my right. two arms and, and I'm making an equal sign right, for exactly. equality. Exactly. I think that in a way he's already recognizing it. It's just that you're not talking about it which makes it a little bit awkward when you could See, be talking about the accomplishments of your first ever gay WWE superstar, openly gay WWE superstar. It, yeah, more now, than anything, yeah, go ahead. Now, all that being said, I'm not telling you you have to do it. Right. I'm not suggesting that. I think that in a way, you're creating a little bit of a level of awkwardness where you have a group of people that say, okay, great, you've got a, a, a gay performer, but you're, pre- you're pretending like he isn't. And it, the WWE isn't necessarily doing that purposefully. I'm not suggesting that. It could very well be that they're just not making a big deal out of the fact that he's gay. And that's the way it should be. It, nobody right. should make a big deal out of it. But it almost ends up working backwards where, you know, you're not making a big deal out of it, but you're ultimately hiding it. And that doesn't work. I don't think there's anything wrong with just one week Michael Cole starting to refer to him as the first openly gay performer in the WWE. Right. I don't think there's anything but wrong with that. I, I think it goes back to what he said. You know, he would he would be doing it for the sake of doing it. And and you're and I see what you're saying that it's. I think it's more than just doing it for the sake, sake of doing, of doing it. it. I think that I, that's I, the that, wrong that way to look at it. Inherently, that's right. what it is. But I I agree with Darren Young that if you just start saying you know start acknowledging it, start making it a part, I think that it's. I don't know if distracting is the right word. I said distracting earlier. I don't know if distracting is the right word, but it's something that you're a you're adding expectations on there. You're you're adding expectations that something will come from it. That uh, again, I, I because guess. if you add something to it, I think if you have a public reveal of him being gay, then yes. I think if you just start sort of acknowledging it, there's been plenty of things that they didn't acknowledge at first. Right. They suddenly started acknowledging, acknowledging like Triple H's and Stephanie's relationship. Correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? That. I think that you can pull it off without that. And again, I think it's way more about the cultural significance of it than it is about a, a storyline. I don't like the idea I, of a storyline. I want to like hell to avoid the storyline. You know, it just as, as I said, in general, for me, if you're introducing something about a character, just inter- anything about a character, it could be his favorite color for all I care. You know, that it better come. You know, it well, better. On, but why does it matter that Tyson Kid likes cats? He started wearing cats on. He but why does it matter? Like, what are they done but with they, that? They did well, but they they reference it liberally. They 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 changed his his wardrobe to put cats on. It. I understand that. Well, okay, but are you saying are you? But they did something with. It. I'm saying that it may not quote unquote matter, but it's something that they expanded upon. Whether it's how no matter how ridiculous it is, it's a character trait they brought up, and then they kept going back to it. They mentioned it in promos. They changed his wardrobe. If you're going to say that they're going to change a lot about Darren Young's wardrobe because he's gay, no, I don't want him. I don't want him to do that. I'm saying, but I think that that's my point. I think that they there's a possible role that WWE can play in in certain 
There are certain parts of the country where they don't understand that it doesn't matter that you're gay I, at all. I, I agree with you. And 100%. I think that by making the character gay and then nothing happens, I think that you accomplish a lot culturally because the, every one of us that has a brain knows that nothing changes because Darren Young's right. gay. Right. Nothing does. Nothing changes. Zero changes Correct. with Darren Young being gay. But yet there are places that, by the way, happen to be probably very supportive of the WWE yes. where they do believe that there's something different uh, that, that that you're there's something and then just seeing a gay character where literally nothing changes could have impact it could have impact, or it could have the opposite impact you're causing. saying it could cause but it, the fact that there's already a gay performer in WWE I think if there was going to be a backlash True. most likely most likely yeah, yeah I, I just think that and and it just goes back to me in in general that um you know, this is a TV show uh, before I hear you. else. I hear you. And while I agree that there is a role for WWE to play, I don't know if it's within... Well, they the don't team. run from it during Black History Month. They have no problem addressing during, during you know, Breast Cancer Month. True. They don't run from these things yeah. and, and blur that line of TV show versus... You know, p- place and culture. And, and you know what? And that might be that might be the place for it is where you're pulling away from the care from where you know, like they do in in the the uh, September or whatever, yeah. where they have October. Titus whatever yeah, October. Yeah. You're right. Um, Titus Young talking about that out of character, yeah. and that might be Titus the, O'Neil. What did I say? Titus Young. I've Titus done that before. <laughs> the former Lions receiver. Yeah, uh, Titus O'Neil, and that might be the place where is where you start airing things like that, where he is out of character. Okay. You know, where he does, he just does a, a video one day for people. If you're, if you are struggling with your identity. Yeah. Um, uh, uh please, this is a phone number for yeah. you to call, and, you know. And, and that might be the role for it more than incorporating it, incorporating it into the television show where there will be expectations that if you introduce I, I, I something. I just, I think that you create something that you didn't need to create by saying Darren Young's character is not gay. I, well, they, he, she, to be fair, she was asked directly. I understand. I understand. And, and that's the only way that you can really answer it. But I think you now have to address it moving forward, which is, it, is it now that we've been asked directly, now that it's a direct question that's been put to us, is it the best thing for us to not have the character be gay? Or could the character just be gay and it doesn't matter? It doesn't. And, and I don't, again, I don't think in wrestling, I don't think it does make sense or I don't think it can work. Quite frankly. All right. I, I'm going to disagree with you. I think it could work just easily. I don't think you have to do anything to make it work. I think it, it actually is more difficult to make it not work, where you end up having to answer these questions, where now you're being, you know, what what happens when Glad says, you know, it's it's wrong for you to not, to prevent the character from being gay, when there's no reason why he can't be? I, I get, but then you, you go back to, again, because... Honestly, and I, I think that if... And I'm not saying that Glad should do that. Right, I'm and, not. And, and, and I'm saying that, honestly, Glad might find it... And, and I, I don't know this. Glad might find it more offensive if every time he comes out, you're saying, oh, here's Darren Young. Again, you're, you're suggesting that you go over the top with it, and I'm saying you don't go over the top with it. But it's just a subtle thing that exists. But if you're, if you're saying only say it once every... You know, mention it once every month, once every two months, then I don't know if it does what you want it to do. I'm Okay, maybe... Maybe. You might be right about that. Yeah. But no, we didn't come to a consensus, and now we're going to have to leave it off at that. And I, I, and I think that's what yeah. it is. I think it's just kind of a mindset. It's, it's not a right or wrong. If they could figure out a tasteful way to do it, sure, and make it matter. 
Right. That, that's the thing. I, I, right. I, I think it's just very hard to do both. Let's wrap the show. Let's get into our top five for this week. Uh, normally our top five is related to one of our quick count stories, but it's the one thing. It's funny because you brought it up when we were talking to AJ, and then we just didn't talk about it. It's the one thing about SummerSlam we haven't really discussed this week, and that is the presence of Jon Stewart. The former host of The Daily Show for 16 years on Comedy Central has become involved in the WWE in calendar 2K15. Mm-hmm and is going to be the host of SummerSlam on Sunday night. And it, it, and this is a big deal because it's his first major appearance, appearance right, since, since the leaving. end of The Daily Show. So right. that, that's, if nothing else, that's a huge coup for the WWE. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a big moment. And he's, he's hot right now, obviously, yep. because of leaving The Daily yep. Show. It got us to wondering, what are some ways WWE could use Jon Stewart at SummerSlam? Now, the role of host doesn't really mean anything. No. You could see him five times on TV. You could see him once. Um, the role of host is just not – they've done this with Hulk Hogan at, at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. They did it with The Rock. Look, The Rock was the most involved because The Miz ended up getting a concussion, and The Rock had to come out and save the day at the end of the match in Atlanta and you know, you know, know, de- determine how it was going to go and then hit the stunner on John Cena to set up WrestleMania yes. for the following year. So The Rock was the most involved hit host. The stunner. <laughs> we are really tired. <sighs> it's football season. No you doubt, have to, man. You, you have is. to. Uh, well, and it's for me the real problem is it's soccer season too. So my play-by-play starts again real quick. Um, so anyway, we got to thinking. What are the top five ways that the WWE could use John Stewart at SummerSlam? You want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll, I'll go first. And, and, right. and this way is, I, I think it's the most basic way to do it is that you have a Daily Show segment with the WWE superstars. You have him do like one of his opening segments where maybe he picks. Three storylines or three characters to really and just goes after and just goes after makes fun of them does yeah. stuff and uh, you know it would be great it would be entertaining with a four hour raw I'm sure you know if you did it at the nine o'clock hour or something or at the eight o'clock hour no one would have any problem with that or if you did it right off the bat I don't think anyone would have any problem because he's entertaining as hell I don't th- and if he makes good points which he will because he's a fan and he is John Stewart right and he will put thought into this. That uh, I think it would be a great segment. Okay, I can dig that. I mean, I didn't include it, but I, I like it. I wouldn't dislike it. Mine is similar to the Daily Show, though. My number five is simply at the end of the night, not main event, but before the main event. John Stewart comes out to thank everybody. Hey, really appreciate. Now, if if you don't mind, I'd like to introduce you to the next host of the Daily Show, and brings out Trevor Noah, and then you know performs some sort of a, a stunner. How about that? He performs a stunner on Trevor Noah. And then walks off into the sunset, right? That that's a very WWE-like move. It doesn't mean anything. There's no logical reason why he would do something like that, and it goes nowhere from that. But it gets some attention for Trevor Noah. It's a a, a cool moment that gets the WWE a bunch of national attention. Hey, John Stewart gave Trevor Noah a, a stone cold right. stunner in the middle of a ring last night, and people talk about it on Entertainment Tonight the next couple of days. It accomplishes what they want to accomplish. It's a very simple thing that they could do. That's my number five. Um, and, I mean, and the funny thing is, we, we list these five. These don't all have to be mutually exclusive. You could do all of these. Oh, of course, uh, right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number four is, uh, you know, this is going to be a very classic WWE thing, but I would have get so much enjoyment out of it. He's g- out there. He's cutting a normal promo, a little normal monologue or whatever. He's interrupted by somebody. And my choice for it would be Bo Dallas because Jon Stewart and Bo Dallas pretty good. in the ring together talking to each other would be amazing. Now it could be The Rock. Or it could be Bo Dallas and The Rock. And it could be, you know, it could be anybody, as long as they're good talkers. But I, I, any sort of one-on-one confrontation in the ring, especially a guy who's a good talker, like Bo Dallas, 
Hint, Bo Dallas, WWE. <laughs> Put Bo Dallas in this. Would be great. All right. Uh, my number four is the idea of Jon Stewart introducing one of his friends to the crowd in New York. That would be very popular there. But I want to do something with it. Um, my number four would be to have him bring out McFoley, who is a, a, a former guest, I believe, a few times on The Daily Show. Uh, most recently, when he did the Santa Claus movie, he was on and... Um, they seem to be very friendly when they were talking. I, I, I believe that to be very genuine. There's a friendship between Jon Stewart and Mick Foley. But my idea would be to use it, as I said, everything coming out of SummerSlam, we talked about what the direction that we want to see them go out of SummerSlam. Everything coming out of SummerSlam starts funneling towards Survivor Series. That's the next one that you have that matters in any way. And not saying that it matters the way that once upon a time it felt like Survivor Series mattered. It's just that's the next thing you have that matters at all. It, it's, it's the still, I guess, supposedly one of the big four. Yeah, but we kind of know better than that. It's not. It's it's clearly number four of that group right now. Um, I said before, you got to figure out something that becomes your focus of building towards Survivor Series so that what you don't end up doing is just sticking all of the good guys in a match with all of the bad guys for no particular reason. And, you know, it's there's no easy way to do it. You don't have that building right now. Maybe you add more to, to Roman and Dean, or you add more to Bray and Luke Harper, or you bring back the authority for somebody to fight the authority. But I think you bring back McFoley, and then he ends up being sort of the captain of whatever the good guy team is going towards Survivor Series. That you start laying the foundation for something where, you know, maybe it's because the authority comes back at. SummerSlam and help Seth Rollins and look, hey, John Stewart doesn't like Seth Rollins and John Stewart's buddy McFoley is around and McFoley now puts together a team to fight the something along those lines. But there's a logical that it would you know the, the crowd would love to see McFoley. He's a New York guy. It would go over really well. He's a friend of John Stewart's. So there would be something logical there. Yeah. Um, mine isn't quite down that path, but there there are similar elements. I want him to get back involved with Seth Rollins. The, the best thing that Seth Rollins has done, maybe before this past week, because his, his promo was great this past week, but his segment with Jon Stewart was, I think, really the moment where you saw Seth Rollins as, okay, there, here's this guy. He has motivations. He has all this stuff. He is a fully complete character with this segment, and he is ready for the title. And I think you could play off of it. You could have Jon Stewart walking around in the backstage area, see Seth Rollins, and say, Oh, aren't you glad I lit a fire under your ass to uh, win the title at WrestleMania? Now, you can do more than that, or you can just make reference to it. But I think there's a lot of history now. I think that a lot of Rollins' title reigns can be traced back to some part of the feud he did with uh, Jon Stewart. And I want them to acknowledge that, and I want them to make it a big part. You can go out there and say, hey, I lit under a fire under your ass once before. Let's see if you can do it against John Cena. I don't think you can, but, uh, you know... I want them. I want that back, that backstage just kind of passing by a little comment, and it could tie into something that I have a little later in the uh, countdown. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to comment nothing on that because I got some other stuff in play That's as fine. well. My number three is one that I think could end up being great, which is another one of John Stewart's friends who has multiple WWE connections. One of his final guests on the Daily Show. The final week of the show, in fact. The star of... Well, the show is named after her. Amy oh, Schumer! Right, 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 right. 
who was just in a movie with John Cena. And who used to date Dolph Ziggler. And who used to date Dolph Ziggler. How could it not be great to have a backstage segment where John Stewart is visiting with Amy Schumer, you incorporate John Cena to recognize you just did a movie, and then Dolph Ziggler just happens to walk by with Lana, and then there's this awkward sort of moment, hey, here's one blonde, here's another blonde, and there's this other blonde over there. I think you could do that, something that would be great. magic that would be great. with John Stewart, and it would start with John Stewart and his friend who's yeah. there to visit him at SummerSlam, Amy Schumer. Who's also and, visiting Cena. And, oh, look, or no, it just yeah. happens to be, hey, look, guess who's here? It's, you know, yeah. it's John, oh, John, it's so good to see you. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe the movie did so well. You, you know, it was so great. And then all of a sudden, Dolph just happens to wander on by. Yeah. And then you just let the awkwardness sort of set in. Yeah. It doesn't have to go anywhere. No, no, it yeah. can be... Just sort of some awkward stares and Lana making a face at him and yep. then Summer Rae chuckling from the other side of the room at right. Lana. Oh, I see your your boyfriend brought his ex-girlfriend around. Something like that. Right. All of yep. it would work it, it so would be really well. Good. It would be really And good. they happen to naturally be friends and she yep. was one of the last guests on his yep. show. And she's in New York. Is she in New York? She's based out of New York. I know that much. Okay. You know, I mean, she might be on tour right now. Right. I don't know, but she's based out of New York. Yeah, that would It would suck. all be entirely logical. That's that my suck. number three. Um, I was trying to come up with something where I was trying to come up with a way use John Stewart to put somebody over. I don't know how exactly they would do it. it it's a kind of a tough situation because, quite frankly, John Stewart can, if if you do it against John Stewart, John Stewart's going to make whoever he's against look kind of bad because he can talk so well. So what? So I thought. What if he uses him to introduce somebody? What if there's somebody who maybe needs that? I don't think he necessarily needs a little extra boost, but he would help get over with the casual fans. What if John Stewart introduces Samoa Joe to the crowd? I mean, I'd be stoked. I mean, I feel like that would be the one thing that you know. If there's one criticism of Samoa Joe is that he's still he's known to the WWE audience and, and people right. who watch NXT, but. If people have just watched him in NXT, there's not a lot to really get behind him. He hasn't been Samoa Joe, the, the ass-kicking Samoan submission machine, no matter what the commentary crew says. He's been a very watered-down version of himself. If you take that that last remnant of people who don't necessarily know a lot about Joe, and you say, oh, now Jon Stewart is there and introducing him and getting the Jon Stewart rub, and then, you know, it doesn't have to be forever uh, forever thing and making him a joke about it. Hell, it could be... Bo Dallas, you know, going back to what I said before, Bo Dallas uh, yelling at Jon Stewart, and then Samoa Joe coming out and choking out Bo. I think that's a great one. I like it. it. I like it a lot. I really do. I, I think it'd be great. Uh, my number two, actually both of my top two, involve Seth Rollins, um, because it's, of course it would have to involve Seth Rollins. Uh, my number two is simple. You have John Cena turn heel, or sorry, John Stewart turn heel. Now, I wish you could have John Cena turn heel. You have John Stewart turn heel. <laughs> You have John Stewart, you know, sort of, um, you know, Seth Rollins says something like, "Hey, John, why don't you come out and watch, um, you yeah, know, you take a ringside seat ringside here. seat as I beat John Cena," and then you know he starts taunting him in the middle of the match, and John Stewart gets up, and it looks like, and then ultimately he ends up screwing John Cena, uniting with Seth Rollins, because why does it matter if John Stewart turns heel? 
He's not going back on TV anytime soon. That's true. Let him turn heel. Who cares if Jon Stewart turns heel? That'd be pretty amazing. Right? Wouldn't it be great? great. It's somewhat logical. He's got sort of like this frenemy ship with with Seth Rollins. Correct. It would, everything about it would make sense. And Stewart, you could almost see Jon Stewart be excited about the idea of getting the chance to be a heel, right? Like, he's got nothing to lose. He doesn't have to sell tickets for anything tomorrow. Like, he can just be a heel. And I can see you presenting it to him and him sort of getting his eyes wide like, oh, my God, that would be the most fun thing ever. Oh, yeah, and you know he'd love it. Right? You and know and he it. and Seth are, I think, probably close enough Oh yeah. through all this that, like, he could, you know, dig the idea of helping out Seth Rollins. Yep. I think all of it would be a 10 That that would be if you have it him. Really would be great. I, it should be my number one on my list. But my, my, my number one is very unrealistic, but um, I want him – I don't care where it happens. I don't care when it okay. happens. Um, some somewhere in in the show, he he runs into Triple H, has a little back and forth with Triple H, and he, he reminds him, you know, you've been a sh- pretty shitty boss right now. You know, you've been doing some pretty terrible, you know, and even even though you're trying now, you know, trying to get better with the, you know, your wife's through the Divas Revolution and stuff, you still did a lot of real dickish moves, and you know, helping Seth Rollins, and this eventually down the road. Leads to John Stewart being the general manager of Raw. <laughs> I think the more logical thing is it be would help set up what ultimately becomes Seth Rollins Triple H. Yes, and that, and that's possible as well. You know, but my number one is I want John Stewart. I, as I think the GM I think it well. would work if then you have like John Stewart in Seth Rollins' corner when he faces Triple H at WrestleMania or something yeah. like that. I think there's a way to do that. There, there, I, but and, and there's probably other, not going to be the chance. Hey, this is my I know, top five. I, I want John Stewart to be having a regular um, involvement right. with wrestling. My number one because it would be the most obvious. Although I, and the more I think about it, I like number two better. So I want to flip flop my number two and my number one. So this is my number two because my number one is my number two is the best number one there could be. So my number two will be that you do it either one of two ways. That either you let Seth Rollins beat John Cena, and then you have John Stewart kind of unite with uh, Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns to come out and challenge Seth Rollins, or or you have and it would involve him turning heel again. You have Jon Stewart help Sheamus screw over um, Seth Rollins and win the title. That, you know, there's a logical, he doesn't like Seth Rollins, it makes sense. Anything I can do to get after Seth Rollins, I don't really care who the champion is, but I just want yep. to get after Seth Rollins. Something like that would would make sense. But the more I think about it, it wouldn't make more sense than having him turn heel and unite with Seth Rollins, which I want to have happen so badly now. I'm so yeah, I'm in favor of I'm the idea of John Stewart turning heel at SummerSlam. All right. Uh, uh, big week. Big week. Thanks this week to Bubba Ray Dudley. Again, uh, Friday night, the 21st. Go check him out with the Bowie Bay Sox. He and Brother Devon, they're both going to be there. Uh, Team 3D, the Dudley boys, will be in attendance. Appreciate him hopping on with us uh, this week. Also, thanks to our uh, third microphone, our long-lost co-host and main event, uh, AJ France, the Miami Dolphins, for checking in to help us preview SummerSlam. Go support WrestleCrate. We love them. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter at jobbingoutshow. Email jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. If you want the uh, Howie Noel, AJ Lee uh, a print, just let us know quickly uh, via email or via Twitter, and um, somebody's going to get it next week. We're not going to continue to do this uh, week in and week out where we just keep extending them. We're going to give it away to someone next week. 
Aaron, you are on Twitter personally at ZA Oster. And uh, what's coming up at Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Um, obviously, I'll have uh, you know I'll have Baltimore Sun. I'll have the Summer Slam preview. I do want to uh, let you guys know. Go back in the Baltimore Sun a few days. I had an interview with Sergeant Slaughter before he oh, went right. to Potomac. And uh, we, we had an interesting conversation about Roddy, about uh, Dusty. We also talked a bit about his uh, Iraqi heel turn yeah. that one time. That, that yeah. was a fun conversation. But it was a good conversation. Go back, check that out. When they, when they had to move WrestleMania for his safety. Quote, unquote. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also Rolling Stone, my Finn Balor interview. Go check that out. All right. Very good. Follow me on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. Um, and my website is glennclarkradio.com. For Aaron, for AJ, for WrestleCrate, I'm Glenn. Thank you. Please continue to spread the word about this show. We love doing it, but we need you to be a part of making uh, people find it and uh, getting them involved as well. This has been Jobbing Out.